Prince got these fangs, like my fingers, right? The first, this many in the bottom, and about two or three at the top, plus layers inside, okay? And it's like blackish on the top a little bit, and it's got a couple of scales that you can see and stuff, and you can see the white starting under its neck, and it shoots water out of its nose, right? And out of its mouth, it goes like this to me. It goes, and it spit the water out of me. Now I think it's gonna kill me, you know what I mean? Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you listen to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. We're your host, E. Simon. Yo soy Harrison. Harrison, uh, mm. it looks like uh, are you you're pretty uh, stoked for the Super Bowl? Oh, can't wait. I got, <laughs> I got my chips. I got my, uh, you know, my brats on the grill. Are you, uh, are I, you and your cat risk having a Super Bowl party? Yeah, we are. Just yeah. the two of you? Yeah. <laughs> you make seven layer bean dip with I some set, cat dip on top? Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this, you know, yeah. I, I don't really give a shit mm. about sports in general, but I kind of like the 49ers. I've gotten her special, uh, her, her dip is uh, chum. Chum? Yeah, yeah, just chum. Chum. Yeah. But uh, the thing is that, that bothers me about the Super Bowl, much like New Year's mm. Eve, it's become this event. Mm. It's like, what are you doing for Super Bowl? So I have friends. I think it's always been an event. I know, but what I'm saying, okay. it's like New Year's Eve, where it's now it's, a, it's an event I feel pressured about. Mm. Because like New Year's Eve, it's like, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Where are we going? What's going on? What did make some kind of plan? And so I have friends, mm. one friend in particular, who I'm not going to name by name, because he might be listening to the show. Jimmy. He'll figure it out. Yeah, let's mm. call him Jimmy. All right. um, Jimmy has been, who I haven't seen in like a year, since the last Super Bowl, when I went there and fell off the uh, scooter and broke my hand. Do you remember that? I broke uh, my thumb, sprained my thumb. I didn't break. I didn't break anything. I sprained my oh thumb. Oh my god! You remember that on the scooter? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, missed a yeah. day of work after that yeah. because I went to his Super Bowl party. That he always he always plans a Super Bowl party. No one shows up, mm. and he's got all this alcohol and just like sushi. So we had like I don't know six pieces of sashimi and then drank I don't know, like a fifth of tequila. Mm-hmm. Wasted, mm. and I take a fucking uh, scooter back. It was all my fault. It's, I'm totally blaming myself. Anyway, I don't want to do that again this year. Yeah. And this guy has been like messaging me all this week, being like, "What's going on for Super Bowl? I'm thinking of having a party. You're gonna come over, blah blah." And I feel obligated because if I don't go over, it's just gonna be him and his cat. Really? Probably. Okay. So now I'm like, now I got to try to figure out what to do for. Su- I kind of like. You're just- the only person that goes to that. No, he says he's having a party yeah. every year. I'll go over there being like, because he's got a nice TV. If you have a nice TV, you can host a Super Bowl yeah, yeah. party. So I go to his house. Mm. No one shows up. Mm. No one's ever there. It's just me and him and his his cat. And then, uh, yeah, and then like he'll get some weird, like he'll get like, I got Ethiopian food this year. And it's just like, fuck you, dude. It's the worst Super Bowl party I've been to. Mm. So this year, I feel bad because I don't want to go to... The Super Bowl. I know he's having one. I know he's planning one. Yeah. And no one else is going to be going. I'm not going to go this year. But now yeah. I'm like, I don't. I might just stay here. Yeah. And just, I'm. I'm trying to think of an excuse to tell him that that won't make him feel bad. Right. I don't know. Just fuck, say, just I, say I fucking whatever. Hate, so yeah. you're sick. 
You know? They'll say I have uh, irritable bowels. So you have the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, the coronavirus. <laughs> you fucked a snake in Wuhan, China. That's what happened. Wuhan! Fucked a snake in Wuhan, China. I got you all in check. Anyway, mm-hmm. fucking football. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's betting odds on whether or not Trump will show up on the game. You know how like, they have those weird... Yeah. What are those bets called? The, the weird bets. Oh, yeah, I don't know what they're called. There's a but, term for those bets. It's not yeah. just like betting on, uh, on like the, the Yeah, you the can game bet itself. on like a prep school across game in like or o- Iowa or whatever. So yeah. there's, there's, a, there's like, I was looking at yeah. the, the, I forget what they're called, like off something bets. Mm. But anyway, there's a bet that like if you, it's like mm. if you bet that Trump will show up at the game, mm. then it's like you win a ton of money. If you bet the number of time he tweets... The number of times he tweets during the game. Like, people are saying, like, 17 tweets will come out Does the game. Does that count the dot, dot, dot uh, ones that take up multiple tweets? I don't know if that, that counts. But there's, like, yeah, these weird betting odds about how many times he's going to tweet during the game. Okay. Yeah. So there's, like, a whole thing about it. All right. Um, how many times, like, Ivanka farts or whatever. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> it's, yes. But, yeah, that, that, that's going on right now. But anyway... Enough sports talk here. Yeah. Like, I always Whoa, feel like an asshole talking about sports. Right. Because I just don't know much about it. Yeah. Like the other day at work, um, this woman came over and I saw the posts going about on like on our Slack channel that were saying like, do you want to play Super Bowl cards? You know what I'm talking about? Where you pick a card or you pick like a, like a, what, it's like in a grid and you have to pick a grid. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's got like, she has a grid and yeah. you pay you pay for a square and you pick squares, you write your name in a square and you got to pay for squares and it has something to do with the score. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's doing the office and so I just ignored it because I was like, if she yeah. doesn't come over, because I don't understand. I know it has something to do with the score. Like if you get a seven or if you pick the grid with a I've seven. I've never been good with gambling stuff. Like I have a fucking... I have like an MBA and I still can't like the odds of whatever. Like I can't, I don't know. I, can't I just do don't it. understand. I don't understand so, the point of the squares yeah. thing. A lot of people do that. And I'm sure we're going to have a bunch of people be like, D you're, you're a rotundo. Here's how you do squares. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care to learn. But anyway, so I just ignored it. She came over to the desk and me and this other engineer, this old, old guy that they just hired. I think I told you about him. He's like 60. Hmm. Um, she comes over and she's like, so I noticed you two guys didn't pick any squares. Hmm. And I'm like, uh, squares she's like super bowl squares and i was like i i guess i could i don't really understand how she yeah. goes you don't understand how it works and then i'm like now i look like an idiot because yeah. you know I, I don't know anything about sports so i was just like fine how, now what do you're I, the weirdo yeah, yeah i was like fine what do i do and she's yeah. just like well it's five bucks a square i was like here's ten dollars can you just she's like well you have to pick Please the leave me alone. <laughs> i was just like okay do i just sign my name okay fine i got two squares yeah I don't understand Great. what I think. Yeah. I just gave her ten dollars, basically. Okay. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. That's that's the thing I hate about sports is it makes me feel all pressured. Mm. So fuck the Super Bowl. That's what I was trying to say. Right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we actually have a very uh, special show today. Mm. A very interesting show. This week I was I read a, an article about a dog man. They see dog men all the time. You know I, see, I see dog men. You see dog men? I do. They're probably just a homeless Saint, guy that Saint lives outside Christopher your was a dog man. Was he? Yeah. Huh. I'll show you a picture. So was Paul Simon. I don't think that's true. Controversial opinion, uh, but I don't know, there's not much proof, but I've heard that could be. Huh. But, um, well, what was it Bruce Springsteen said? These, this countryside's 
burning with wolfmen fairies dressed in drag for homicide. So is that a lyric from Born in the USA? Yeah, it's from Born oh, okay. in the USA. No, it's from Greetings from Asbury Park, motherfucker. Come on, the good stuff. You know, he's probably singing about the Jersey Devil because I'm sure he's seen it. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I was reading a story about Dogman, and I was just like, God, everyone always sees a fucking Dogman. Everybody sees Dogman. There's a Dogman in like Iowa. There's a, the Dogman in Michigan. And so I was, I was thinking about it. You know, uh, everybody, every town has a cryptid, you know, mm-hmm. a monster. I think they're called cryptid because it's like an animal that science can't explain. Mm-hmm. But there's a cryptid sighting. Like in Rhode Island, what's the cryptid of Rhode Island? Um, there's a vampire. There's two vampire exhumations in Rhode Island. Mercy oh, yeah, Brown oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatever the fuck her other name is. There's the sea monster, which we'll hopefully have a clip of in the, oh, the that, sea that's monster. The intro from there's, the a, intro. there's a few sea monsters, oh, but my the one God. from Teddy's Beach is that great. That intro is golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of ghosts and shit. It was scaly. Yeah, puckwudgies and such. You know, they're there. Puckwudgies are those like little like They're the Native creatures. American fairies. Oh, the Native American yeah, yeah. fairies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wampanoag See, Michigan fairies. had the dog. What was it? The Michigan dog man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the melon heads. You ever heard the melon heads? Those are in Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. They're like these people with bulbous heads. They're children with bulbous, mm. deformed heads. Mm. Yeah, that run around in spirits. Oddly like enough, I haven't heard of them. But yeah, okay. the melon heads. But no. a lot of states have it. Yeah. So anyway, I was, I was doing some research. I came across this guy's book. It's called Chasing American Monsters. Uh, he's an author and cryptozoologist, also a, uh, a teacher at Northwest Missouri State University. Yeah. But he's, author, he's authored five books on paranormal mm. topics, including... Uh, Paranormal Missouri, Haunted Missouri, Chasing American Monsters, and uh, Darkness Walks about the shadow people. The shadow people, yeah, man, there. Yeah, so I emailed the guy. I was like, hey, you want to come on the show? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you guys. It's um, important to remember when you see them that they're not real. The shadow people. Yeah. They'll go um, away once you get some sleep. Yeah, it's like once you lay off the meth mm-hmm. for a little bit. So anyway, uh, we're going to uh, give uh, author mm-hmm. Jason Offutt a, a call here and uh, talk about some monsters. Mm-hmm. Hello? Hi, Jason. Yes. Hey, it's Dee uh, calling from Cigarette Podcast. Also, my co-host Harrison here. How hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you all? Uh, doing pretty good. Well, Jason, thanks for being on the show. Uh, really excited to chat with you about uh, cryptids, one of our favorite topics here. Um, so first, how long have you been a, uh, a, a paranormal researcher? Well, I've been interested in uh, been interested in this my whole life. Uh, I worked uh, as a newspaper journalist for quite a while, and although I was interested in the topic, we didn't cover that sort of that sort of thing. And um, then after I retired, I didn't retire, but after I left the newspaper industry and started teaching at a university, uh, I found out that I had my summers free and could research whatever the hell I wanted to. So yeah. it's been about fifteen years I've been doing this. Yeah, I see that you teach a class uh, called Paranormal Journalism. Um, yeah, every 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 few years I'll pop that one out. It's pretty popular. So is that like teaching how to write for like the Fortean Times? Well, it's it's basically uh, it's a reporting class. Uh, so I teach all the writing, you know, the writing and reporting basics I would in a regular uh, reporting class. But I teach them, uh, you know, how, how to how to cover. You know, people who who claim to have had a UFO encounter or, uh, you know, seen Bigfoot. I, I teach them how to do that with with a straight face, and with, with a knowledge base behind. You know, what could Big Bigfoot be? How long have 
you know, in, in America, have we seen this, this type of creature, that, that sort of thing? So they don't go in, you know, all, all, all half-cocked and not knowing what they're doing. So providing some context. Yeah, that's, that's the, the difficult, difficult part I've noticed because we, we've had a few time travelers on the show. We have. Yeah, we've had some people. But also, D, I detected a tone in your voice there. The 14, I've been reading the 14 times since I was fucking 15 years old, and the writing is top-notch. No, right. it's amazing. Yeah, I yeah. actually, okay. no, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> subscriber. We both suffer from un, unintentional sarcasm disorder, yeah. so I can't tell sometimes <laughs> I think it's on. just an embedded cynicism. <laughs> I see. I think is what yeah. it is. Uh, no, I'm a huge fan of the 14 okay. times. I uh, read it every week. It's actually a source of research here for the show. Uh, but that, but that's a, but you bring up a good point, Jason. That 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 is uh, is something you learn from experience. Being able to interview somebody and take what they're saying seriously. But that actually leads into one of my questions. So, how do you? I guess what is your reaction when when someone comes up and says, "I've seen this monster." Well, it's again. I was I was a journalist. I was a print journalist for seventeen years. Uh, interviewed all sorts of people from, uh, you know, so somebody who saw a car accident to, uh, uh, you know, to a, to a murder suspect to a teamster. So I really pissed off teamster. So that was actually the scariest thing I've ever done. Yeah, that'd but, be scarier um, than a Sasquatch, I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I mean, I've, I've been interviewed a lot of people under a lot of different circumstances, and, and um, you know, I, I think I have a pretty good gauge on, on when people are telling me the truth, or at least they believe they're telling me the truth. Um, mm. Which, you know, my kids are now teenagers, so I'm really hoping that I do. Um, <laughs> that that would be a useful skill to have, um, right. especially as a parent. So, um, what was your first experience with the paranormal? Well, and I got—I was already interested in in this sort of thing. Uh, you know, when it comes to, to ghost monsters, uh, when I was a kid in, in elementary school and, you know, people were, uh, uh, you know, my, my, we, we got the, uh, scholastic book club order form, uh, and, you know, my buddies were ordering biographies of baseball players and presidents. I was getting books on the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot. But I mean, did you have any first, first hand, like an encounter or something yeah, that made you I, interested yeah. in it? Yeah, I, I sure did. Like, like I said, I was already interested, but I, I, the house I grew up in uh, was about 120 years old uh, when I was when I was a kid. Uh, so it's like 400 years old now. Um, I, I was walking out one day from my bedroom into the hallway across from my door, where, where it was lined with bookshelves, and I was going to get a book. and And it was in the middle of the afternoon, bright and sunny, so you know there's no, you know, I, no doubt of what I saw. And I saw a little boy. And I, we lived six miles out in the country, and there were no little boys other than me out there. And I, I you know, could see the part in his hair, brown hair, blue flannel shirt, blue jeans, and I could see the bookshelf through him. Oh. And we, I was, I was about eight, nine, something like that. And we just stared at each other until the little boy blinked. And I, I turned around and walked into my bedroom and shut the door, and I didn't talk to anybody about it for 30 years. But at that point, I realized, ghosts are real and there's something out there that science can't tell us and, and I really wanted to find out what that was mm. yeah I mean and, and you've written several books about the subject uh, one in particular um, was that Darkness Walks which is a book you wrote about the shadow people um, living among us who, who are the shadow people or what are the shadow well, people it, well I did some uh, you know pretty extensive work on, on, on shadow people um, because I had, I'd seen those when I was a little bit older and never could really explain them. Um, 
but and, and then I found out later, you know, when I was an adult, that people all over the world had, in, had in, you know, been encountering these. And I interviewed about 250 people for my book, uh, and not just you know people who encountered, although that was the bulk of it. I, I talked with religious experts from from you know the, some the, some of the major religions and mm. um, you know physicists and, and psychologists, and and found a bunch of answers. Um, but a lot of them were the same when it comes to uh, religion um, and and what people experience. Uh, you know, a, a lot of these entities are seem to be benign. Uh, they're just walking from point A to point B, and they don't recognize you. Uh, but, then there are other ones that, that okay, you go okay. ahead. Let me to cut you off. But are these? So when you say like they're benign entities, are they spirits? Are they like ghosts or something? Like. Well, some because of some of them are some of them behave like residual ghosts, and, and a shadow being walks down the, the steps and takes a right into the kitchen, you know, at a certain time every once in a while. That's how a residual ghost is and, and appears. So I think some shadow people are religious or are residual ghosts. I think some shadow people are, uh, if you, if you want to call them demonic entities like you know Christianity, or if you want to call them the wicked jinn. Uh, there are different types of jinn. Some are good, mm. some are bad. Uh, of, of Islam, uh, I spoke with a Cherokee shaman who uh, said that those. I mean, there there are and 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 an expert in 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 Hopi legends, and and there are shadow people uh, in each and of those legends, legends, and they are the same type of wicked uh, entities. So some are the same. I mean, there there are different types that that act the same, but. As a group, I think that there are different types of entities that just look the same. I mean, appearance-wise, do they do they look the same? I mean, are they the same color? Are they sit the same size? Right. Shadow shadow people appear to be uh, darker than night, human-shaped shadows, uh, and they're generally two-dimensional, a lot like a, a refrigerator magnet. You know, you you peel off the fridge magnet, and it's black on it's one side, like Mr. Game and Watch. Yes, that's what they look like, hmm. <laughs> and uh, you you can't make out any uh, any face facial features or any features other than a silhouette. Now the silhouettes are different. Some sometimes they're just they look like a, a regular you know a, a person in a in a, in a, you know maybe a t-shirt. Other times the person's wearing a fedora. Other times um, you know the person might be wearing an old look like you know the frame of an old business suit. That that sort of thing. Um, so so but you, again, they're, they're, they're they look they just look like a human human silhouette. So when you encountered one, did you have any type of interaction? Like, did you try to communicate with it? No, I was I was absolutely uh, I was scared to death. I was I was about ten or eleven years old, and one walked by my bed, and, and I screamed for my parent who dropped a you know my dad dropped a, a goddamn it is he got up in the middle of the night to walk through the hall and see what. Uh, you know, was going on with me, and when he flipped on the light, there was nothing there. But for the next couple of months, I would see one to maybe five of these things walk out of the corner of my room, walk right by my bed, and into a hallway. And I, that is the most common type that look like uh, they're traveling from point A to point B, and where you are at that moment is just right in the middle of point A and point B. And they, they have no interaction with you whatsoever. Is that similar? I saw another book that was like recommended along with yours that was like The Hat Man. Is that a similar thing or is that something else? 
Right. Well, the one, the the guy in the in the fedora that yeah. that I mentioned, the, the 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 shadow person, that that is the Hat Man. These tend to be a little bit more ominous. Mm. Uh, they're also a, a type that have red eyes. Uh, these that and the Hat Man tend to be t- the type that y- you'll catch them staring at you, and you will feel feel a fear that's not just oh my gosh, I, there's this entity, dark entity staring at me. It's something a lot more a lot more primal and it, yeah. and it feels like the entity's kind of feeding off of the fear that they're generating in you. Hmm. So those things are completely different than the ones I saw. Have you because seen they any, had none of that. Have you hmm. seen any recently? Cause you said, said you had an encounter when you were 10, but have you seen any in the last like five years? No, oh, no, good Lord. No, I'm glad. I saw one in uh, somatic therapy. Well, first of all, I, the shadow people for a long time, you know, it was like suspiciously, I would only see them when I'd been up for three days on speed or something. Yeah. <laughs> so that was about the same. Um, but I also, what you what you just said in somatic therapy, which is like where you kind of go and do a trance type thing. I was like encountered something like that in space where it's like, you feel that it's like, older than old and it could just as easily like torture you for a thousand years or go have a fucking snack at 7-Eleven just as easily you know and you're like good god it's like a it's it's a dread you know yeah well I, I interviewed a guy uh, he, he he just he didn't want to call me his last name he just went by Mick he was from Toronto and that's sort of the, the exact description that he gave to me of his his shadow people his shadow person encounter that it felt like uh, you know, an, an entity that didn't have any time constraints at all. It was, hmm. you know, maybe hmm. billions of years old, and uh, and and it it that it mentally tortured him um, uh, before it before it, it finally vanished. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So, did you find do you, like in your research for that book, and as as well as the uh, Chasing American Monsters book, which recently came out this past year? Uh, did you find just a lot of similarities between the stories of these cryptids or shadow people? Well, when it comes to, yeah, for, for both, the, the similarities are, uh, I mean, there are, there are a lot of similarities between the shadow people encounters uh, alone and then the, 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 like the Bigfoot encounters. I mean, yeah. there are always similarities between those. Uh, yeah, shadow people is generally uh, somebody's not paying attention and all of a sudden they feel like they're being watched and, or they feel like they're not alone and they look up and there's a shadow person either staring at them or walking, walking by them. Um, when, when it comes to, to Bigfoot, I mean, most encounters are, Oh, I'm driving down the highway and the yeah, big thing lumbers across the road, you know, pretty, pretty kind of typical stuff. Well, it seems like every town has a local cryptid, you know, like, like the goat man, is in like three states. Dogman yeah. is. Like, I didn't know there was. Yeah, I saw the cover of your book. I didn't know there was one in Maine. I know there's one in Maryland that for some reason attacks people with an axe, uh, and it was created by like the Agricultural Science Institute. I don't know why he needs an axe. I would think he would like beat you to death with his hooves or something. Like, what? What's the difference between those two goat men? Uh, well, the the, the the difference between those two goat men is they got the name wrong on the cover. Oh. It's the Maryland goat man. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why they put Maine. The Maine goat man. I was like, what are the odds? My God. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, well but example, there is, there's, there's, there's more than one. There's, there's yeah. a goat man 
uh, in uh, in Point, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened there mm. at the same TNT area that uh, that Mothman was seen back in 1967. There are also um, you know a number of uh, encounters with a uh, bipedal goat. Mm. Um, there's uh, something called sheep squatch, which is a goat man. I can't remember sheep the squatch. state. It might be Tennessee. And then 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 the the, the Lake Worth monster down in Fort Worth, Texas, is a bipedal goat that uh, uh, chases teenagers away from the uh, from the local makeout spot. I mean, these things are all over the place. Hmm. It, it seems like yeah. I mean, it, it, the other thing too is like the melon heads, for example. There's melon heads in Michigan, Ohio. I think in Pennsylvania. It, it's just right. The, in Massachusetts, Ma- I think there's another what. Uh, oh, I can't think of the name of them, but there's there's another melon head. They're not called that, but they're in uh, uh, New Orleans, right in the outskirts of New Orleans. It's the exact description and behavior of, of all the melon heads. Well, it makes me wonder, with all these similarities, these local cryptid stories, are they all just kind of based on superstition? You know, where omens... You know, it's it's like a, you know these the stories are invented to like warn somebody or to like you know, admonish someone from some type of behavior. A, a lot are, and uh, researching this book in particular, I mean, I, I'd noticed this over the years, but uh, in putting all these monsters together, it seems like where a large uh, cluster of, of of people, uh, you know, from other countries when they immigrated to the U.S., where they have gathered. That's where their monsters come from. Hmm. We had uh, in in Pennsylvania, and then then later in uh, in California, Pennsylvania for for the coal mining, and, and California for the gold rush back in you know the eighteen hundreds. Um, uh, Cornish uh, from Cornwall, England, miners were were brought over to to do the, to do the mining because you know apparently the corn, Cornish miners back in the eighteen hundreds were like the best, and they brought with them the legend of the Tommyknocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is now a legend, still a legend in Pennsylvania and and in California, um, where there's usually where there's a big uh, Irish population, you'll have stories of banshees. So when people moved over here, they didn't just bring their their family and some heirlooms; they they brought, they brought their their, their ghosts with them too. Folklore. Yeah. Well, the Tommyknockers are very similar to the Irish leprechaun. You know, yeah. just in terms of shape and size. And I saw you had the the puckwudgies in there, which is good. Yeah, I'm a big Bridgewater yeah. Triangle. I'm from that area, so Rhode yeah. Island. Well, when you get to the Puckwudgies, uh, there's a similar uh, similar type of diminutive being in uh, in Connecticut. I know it's pretty close, uh, but they're you know pretty much exactly the same. Uh, also in New York, also in Illinois, also in South Dakota, and and in Missouri, it's the same type of of, of entity. The same and El size. Duende in South America. Yeah, well, and they do the same. They they do the same things. Yeah. How did that? You know, how, how did that legend get you know so far so far spread? You know, I a lot of these legends. I think. Um, I mean, not all of them. I mean, some seem ridiculous, but then again, so did the you know the giant panda and the and the mountain gorilla. Those seemed ridiculous until Western so science actually saw them. them. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, let let's go to the. Um, the Ibu Gogo in, uh, in off Flores Island, uh, down in Indonesia. They, you know, it was the grandmother who ate everything. It was a diminutive person that lived on this island, and the hmm. the islanders still had stories of it. And and um, 
you know, they were like three foot tall hobbit sized people who would sneak into villages and, and steal kids and take them off to their cave and eat them. And then, you know, Western science, uh, 2004, maybe found this cave that had these diminutive skeletons in it and they labeled it homo florensis and it's a new new type of human and they're dubbed the hobbits so there's a legend that was proved to be true why aren't a lot of these other legends true could be yeah i mean and and plus i guess the the similarities and the widespread uh you know common sightings kind of lend some type of legitimacy to it here to the stories um so what's the most common American cryptid? Uh, it's the big, big hairy big, guy. Bigfoot. Bigfoot, he is. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it, it's so do you find like the, the stories where people encounter big, Bigfoot, are they all pretty similar? It's like, you know, either driving by or finding them on a camping trip. See, a lot of, a lot of them are like that. But then we've also got stories of, you know, them looking through the window of your house. You know? We've got we've got stories of, of of that as well, and and the type of creature, uh, for different regions is is different. Right. You know, in, in Florida, you've got the you know the skunk ape, the Michelac skunk ape, ape, which looks more like you know the body shape of an orangutan. Uh, up in the uh, um, northeast, uh, they're taller, grayer, and and uh, in New Hampshire, skinnier. And then, you know, we've got the Harry and the Hendersons type that we see every yeah. place else. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also ones that have been reported have faces like gorillas and other ones that have been reported that, that have human like faces. And, you know, there's, you know, tons of different, different types of, of people around. So, you know, are there different types of Bigfoot? You know, why not? But how did you feel yeah. like when the, um, do you remember, I don't know, I think it was like 10 years ago when those yahoos were like, we killed the Bigfoot. And then they kept delaying the press conference. And then it turned out to be like a fucking gorilla costume filled with rotted meat in a freezer. Yeah. It had like pig entrails in it. Yeah. yeah. It was, a guy named Tom, Tom Biscardi was behind this and, hmm. and he pulled a hoax off on the media before when it came to, to finding a Bigfoot. Uh, at first I was excited because you know, if this, if this is it, I mean, if this is real, this is going to be huge. This is game changing for the world, and then it was you know yeah. Bigfoot in a fucking freezer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but how come no one's found any remains? I mean, if it, this well, is legends have persisted so long, yeah. it's like no one's captured one or found any remains. Yeah, well, there have been cases of people capturing them before. One of the one of the best cases is in Russia, but uh, we have so many places in this country alone. I mean. Flying, you know, fly, flying from coast to coast, you look down, you're like, you know, there's, there's roads everywhere, there's lights, you know, people have been everywhere, but we haven't. There are great swaths of forest that people don't really go into and haven't, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years, and not to even freaking mention Canada. Uh, you know, there are great, great expanses of plains, you know, during in the Great Plains and the desert. I mean. There are so many places that Bigfoot could live that we just don't go to. Um, where and they're purportedly intelligent, you know, they could bury their dead. Uh, if yeah. they don't, generally, big the carcasses of really big animals aren't found very often uh, because the forest, you know, reclaims it, its own. There are animals uh, and, and insects that will, you know, devour an entire, you know, carcass and and you know, no time. Yeah. And there are a lot of cases of, of people killing cryptids, sea monsters and whatever the fuck. 
And then they're like, all right, let's bring it back. And they're like, you carry it. It's huge and it stinks. And then they don't. And then it's gone later, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you find any connection between, I guess, Bigfoot or some other type of cryptid and the national park disappearances? Well, uh, yeah, I've, I've been really interested ever since the first time I heard, uh, David Polites about, uh, yeah. you know, his research. And, you know, the first thing that pops in my head is, oh my gosh, Bigfoot. But there's only been, you know, one case that he's talked about that sounds like it could be a Bigfoot case. And that was the, the Dennis Martin case that he talks about a lot because there was a family that, that saw a big human-like dark figure with a kid on its back. I mean, other than that, a lot of these cases seem a little bit more uh, supernatural. Uh, and and uh, apart from, from Politis, which, again, I really respect his work. I've really, uh, mm. it's scary as hell, frankly. Uh, but I've read interviews with people who have been the first in a trail, on a trail hike, or, or the last, and have found themselves all of a sudden alone. The world went quiet, and, and for some odd reason, they took their clothes off. And they realize, yeah. okay, something's not right here. And, and they, they take off running or biking if they were on a, on a bike. I mean, and, and these people could have been, you know, the next, you know, 411. Um, like the Diablo Pass thing, kind of? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That, that, mm. that case is absolutely, you know, fascinating. Uh, but yeah, that very well could have been that, you know, hmm. running off in, in the snow, half, half dressed to, to freeze to death. And, and then were you know, the number of them bald. So yeah, very well could have been like that. So when you were researching, uh, chasing American monsters, um, were you contacted by people and who told you stories and that's how you knew where to look for these creatures? Like, did you travel across the country? Well, uh, no, good Lord, I don't have that kind of money. I'm a teacher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I, a lot of these, I mean, there were, you know, a number of the big ones that, that I had to hit on. Here here in Missouri, there was Momo, the Missouri oh. monster that, that made national headlines back in the early 70s. So, I mean, every state had something like that, like the Ohio grass man and, and the Loveland frog. And, uh, oh, I love that. Uh, then yeah. again, the... Yeah, the 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 then again the the skunk ape and uh, Tahoe Tessie and Champ and all all that stuff. So I, I needed to touch on those and and a lot of the other ones I found uh, through newspaper archives or um, yeah I had some people contact me, uh, others I'd talked to you know years before and 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 you know talked to them and 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 other ones I you know found the newspaper story and I got a hold of them. You know, the people who encountered it just uh, to see if there was anything new that had happened to them. Did you talk to anybody who actually uh, saw the Mothman? No, I, I didn't talk to any anybody uh, who'd seen Mothman, uh, unfortunately. Um, are you involved in the paranormal like community at all? Uh, no, not not really. Mm. I mean, I, I've, mm. I've gone to, I, I've spoken at a few conferences and uh, mm. uh, been on quite a few uh quite a few programs but uh uh no i, I don't what, really go hang out what, with a lot of paranormal people what's the best conference uh, well yeah it's a well, weird it's understand a that very contentious <laughs> bunch sometimes yeah. what, what's the best conference you've been to out of the, all the ones oh uh, i just i just do regional ones like in, in yeah. kansas city one in omaha last year i went to mm. uh ha haunted con it was called haunted con it was mm. it was pretty cool 
Um, there was a there was a Bigfoot uh, conference in also in Nebraska a couple of years ago that I, I missed out on that would have been great because um, uh, Bob Gimlin was there, and uh, I would love to talk to Bob Gimlin. Did you know Charles Turek Robinson by any chance? No. He, he wrote sure New don't. England Ghost Files. I mean, he's a friend of mine. So uh, out of the cryptids, which one do you find the most fascinating? Uh, I think it's, I think it's probably, you know, I'm, I hate to be boring here and bring Bigfoot up again, but I think it's Bigfoot because to me, that seems to be one of the most possible. Okay. So one of the, yeah. One, one of the things that, that, you know, has been coalescing in my head, you know, ever since I started researching this is a lot of uh, native American uh, uh, tribes and men, first nations up in Canada have considered, always considered, Bigfoot, which they've had in their belief system, always considered that as another tribe of people. And they, you know, had interacted with those tribes of, of big, hairy people and had traded with them before and had warred with them. And these people had stolen uh, women and children from them. Um, mm. And putting that together with three different cases uh, of DNA research, one uh, from you know, Dr. Melba Ketchum. I, I'm sure you're probably familiar with, with, with her familiar. project. Yeah. Um, what project? The, the DNA, um, trying to put it together. It's the not coming into my head project. But uh, <laughs> her and, and David Politis was also working because he started out as a Bigfoot guy. Um they, ah, Melba, Melba Ketchum was her name. But anyway, they, the, 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 DNA, the, the DNA samples that they had that they were certain was from Bigfoot turned out to be human with some anomalies. Uh, there was a researcher in Alberta, Canada, who had what he purported to be Bigfoot DNA that turned out to be human with some anomalies. In, uh, a, a hmm. professor from Oxford got some DNA from the de a descendant of Zena, which was a purported Alma, which is the Russian Bigfoot, that was captured and brought to a village, and pe the people mated, men mated with her, and produced offspring. And he got some DNA from the offspring. What, what year that was that? Out to be, oh God, I, it was in the I don't know, forties maybe. In the forties and fifties. Is there actually yeah. photographic evidence of this Bigfoot that they captured? Of her, of her, uh, I believe, of her son. Oh, There's wow. photographic evidence, and he I, I apparently became a pretty decent pianist. But that the DNA of <laughs> her son showed it to be showed it to be human, but because he to be human DNA with a, a little bit, uh, you know, some anomalies. So I'm I'm wondering, put it, putting that together, the DNA evidence that is being d discarded becomes because it comes up being you know mostly human. Maybe that is the DNA from a Bigfoot. You know, maybe the Native Americans and First Nations people are right, and Bigfoot's just another type of human. Just a really you know, hairy the type human. we don't invite to our family. Yeah, we don't invite them to our family dinners, but they're still part of the family. <laughs> I, 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 I find it kind of funny that uh, they were like, "Hey, we caught this Bigfoot. Let's mate with it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it was it was a really rural, small village, and you know they you know, didn't, didn't have they too didn't, many they didn't have you know cable. No cable back then, of course. Yeah, no yeah, that was We're apparently, just smelling the putrid stink makes you want to strip down immediately. So, I guess, or you know, it could have been 
Hey, Vlad, I'll give you five rubles to go mate with the hairy woman. Maybe that was Well, it. they drink a lot of vodka there, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, have you ever heard of any other sexual encounters between a human and a cryptid? Uh, well, I mean, there was <clears throat> there was a case in Canada in the 1930s um, to where a, uh, uh, I believe he was a trapper. He was out scouting new areas and uh, uh, was camping. And while he was in his, his sleeping bag, it was lifted up in the air. And he you know, was over the shoulder of something <laughs> that was carrying him through the woods. And they carried, it carried him through the woods for a long time. And when it finally put him down, he was in a circle of Bigfoot. Wow. Uh, and he, he said it, it, it looked like a uh, family. I mean, he said it was in a uh, uh, newspaper article that he didn't give an interview for like 40 years. But um, he said it looked like a, a family unit. And he got the impression that the big one, which was the, 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 the male, had kidnapped him to mate with the young uh, young female Sasquatch mating didn't happen because mm. he was able to trick his way out because he had some snuff that the uh that the dad was interested in and he gave the dad some snuff and during a sneezing fit the guy said he got away but that was you know yeah, that sounds legit a, a, yeah but that was a potential uh sexual encounter a lot of the sexual encounters that that i've uh you know read about or talked to people about uh, more had to do with uh, you know potential extraterrestrials than uh, yeah you know, cryptids. aliens. Yeah, we interviewed a guy who made paintings of his sexual encounters with aliens. I, f I forget the guy's name. Yeah, he, he's oh amazing. yeah, he's, he's like he's like done hundreds of those yeah. paintings. There's a documentary. Yeah. About so tell me about real quick. Tell me about the Jersey Devil. That's one of my favorite cryptids. Um, do people uh, but, still see that? Like, are there still sightings? Uh, I think the latest sighting that I was, that I found in a, uh, you know, I think it was like in the 1960s, mm. which was still pretty, you know, pretty recent considering the thing yeah. has been around since it's the, the 1700s. You know, what, early 1700s. Yeah. People hear it yeah. from time to time, like, like something, something that is like nothing else they've ever heard. Right. The, uh, what, which is, you know, that, that story, you know, it got folklore written all over it, but it was, yeah. It was seen fairly wide. It wasn't just in New Jersey. It was there. There's a case that you know firemen, uh, you know, were battling it, and police were shooting at it at a town in Pennsylvania. And they yeah, were sure it was that in his was fucking streetcar in Trenton, wasn't it? Yeah. We drive yeah, it. I think so. No, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> we jumped on it, oh, and it jumped on it. was it, going so. all over to like Trenton. Like hundreds of people saw it. Yeah, and I think the that one that one really fascinates me as well because the the coolest the, the coolest uh, you know person to cite the, the the Jersey Devil had to be Napoleon Bonaparte's brother. <laughs> Bonaparte was living in the United States and he saw the Jersey Devil. Wow, yeah, I mean that sounds to me like religious uh, superstition. I mean, it was uh, didn't it, uh, the origin is like a woman gave her unborn child to the devil. Well, what it, yeah, what it was is uh, the Leeds family. Uh, they had twelve children, and the woman was pregnant. She was like, "I'm pregnant, but I don't want this." <laughs> and when when she gave birth, and the you know midwife, uh, you know, had this perfectly healthy human baby, uh, the midwife said, "You're the thirteenth. So you're a devil." And the thing changed, you know, right in front of their eyes, and you know, grew a head like like a horse, and it had bat wings, and 
and goat hooves. And the first thing it did was kill the midwife and then whoosh out of the house. And, uh, you know, it's been out there apparently, you know, as legend has it ever since. But, yeah, she was invoking the name of, uh, you know, the name of the devil. And that's that's what happened yeah. allegedly. And that's what brought it out. Wow. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by that one. And I, I grew up in Michigan, so you'd hear the dog man stories uh, from time to time. But that, that's isn't there a song about the Michigan dog man? They no, did it on the radio. Sure. I'll find yeah, well, the, yeah, the Michigan dog man, that was the, the, the first that made that made headlines. But. Dogman encounters have been all over the place. I've, yeah. uh, you know, personally talked with people from uh, the Chicago area, from Tempe, Arizona, and and a friend of mine uh, who lived in Central Missouri who saw one of these one night. Uh, it was in the middle. It was in the middle of the road. He, he and a buddy had just were at a, at a cemetery. There's um, a lot of weird things that happened at the cemetery. Nothing was going on that night, so they were going home early. They went down this hill, they had their windows down, they smelled wet dog, and they saw this dog in the middle of the road, looked like it was eating roadkill, and they were about 20 feet from it and tapped the horn, and the thing looked at them with yellow eyes, stood up on its hind legs, and then walked off into the woods. Wow, yeah, bipedal dog, man. That would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I, I, I just sent you an email while we were talking. There's a werewolf priest in Middletown, Rhode Island. His grave. I sent you a picture of it. Um, I was never able to that find out awesome. more about it. I have not heard that. Yeah, yeah. I've not heard of that. It's yeah. Ch check it out. Let me know what you think. I mean, I, I heard it when I was like a teenager. People would be like, "Kid, I heard this is fucking a grave down in Newport, and they got a fucking werewolf priest." And eventually, I like went looking for, it and I actually found it in this churchyard. So yeah, check it out. Wow. Mm. Yeah, we will we'll do. There was a, a case in uh, in in Georgia uh, back in the 1800s of of a girl that they suspected of being a werewolf. Uh, this to do uh, uh, family. There's the the mom. She was a widow. She sent her kids off. Well, she liked to party, so she sent her kids off to boarding school in England. And this the the young girl came back and she was sickly and had started taking walks in the woods. And about that time, people started reporting, you know, this werewolf that was killing livestock. And this woman, uh, you know, all of a sudden one night heard a gunshot and, and noticed that her daughter was missing and went out in the woods and found her daughter had been shot. And uh, she took her to, the, to a doctor, mm -hmm. and the doctor was able to, able to save her, and she sent her back to Europe and, uh, the girl came back and apparently got uh, got cleaned up because she lived to be about seventy. And her her uh, her yeah her her gravestones in uh, in the in the cemetery as well. So is she a shapeshifter? Well, nobody ever saw her shift shape, but uh, the guys who uh, who pulled the guy who pulled the trigger on the rifle said that uh, he shot a really big wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. All right. Well, uh, Jason, it's been great talking to you. Um, people can check out your people. You should check out your um, some of your books. I know Chasing American Monsters. Uh, you cover over 250 creatures, cryptids and hairy beasts. Uh, that came out earlier. Uh, well, 2019. Uh, you can check that out on Amazon or you can learn more about Jason at uh, Jason dot com. Jason Uh Jason, thanks for being on the show, man. 
All right, gents, thank you very much for the invitation. This has been great, and I wish you could have told me I could cuss at the beginning. <laughs> it's a podcast. And you I would have done more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks yeah. a lot. All right, take care. That guy was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was funny. He's just like, if you would have told me I could swear. Some people don't know that it's like, or don't realize yeah. it's a podcast. Yeah, what, what is this? No. Well, I think no. part of it, is, I guess maybe most yeah. podcasts. That guy's probably on all the paranormal podcasts that yeah. appeal to like, minors and yeah well if you're on like if you have like a youtube show now you can't swear if you want to get ad revenue or whatever you can't swear no. on fucking youtube mm. now yeah god we're fucked we're streaming right now and we're swearing here we are mm. fuck youtube and fuck the mm. super bowl youtube um yeah no that, that guy was cool pretty interesting topic uh i mean this guy if you think about it you could just write another book about monsters in europe I mean, it's just like kind of a sure. never-ending. T- well, there's like subject. the weird New Jersey book, you know that they they launched the whole series of books. Weird America, weird whatever. Weird America. Oh. Yeah. So I liked your. I like mm. how uh, you're like. So uh, do you go to a lot of the paranormal conventions? He's like, yeah, no, because mm. <laughs> well, they're pretty like they're pretty depressing. Most of them. Do they? You know? I mean, didn't you go to one in Roswell? Yeah, yeah. yeah Dulce. The Dulce. That yeah. was the one where I like. You flipped I out. I almost yeah, you... just walked into a lake. <laughs> and like I, I don't know something about it would just strip me of of, of any will to live that i had <laughs> you know yeah. yeah it was it was a rather uh i remember you're just kind of like this abyss of just uh depression yeah. <laughs> after when you're in new mexico uh anyway a uh, pretty interesting guy go check out his book people chasing american monsters um this episode 724 here is sick and wrong we have some news stories coming up next uh, we have some phone calls a little later in the show but first here's a word about our patreon page hey guys it's steven again just calling from heaven through a miracle of cybernetic processes just to say thanks for creating your patreon page i love to kick back and smoke a fat one with my boy Carl sagan while we listen to the extra phone calls and stories we get all the time. Anyway, talk soon. Love you. Bye. The first story we have here has to do with a mother of two missing kids who thinks she is a god. I've become a god, a living god. It's got a god Mm. complex here. This is a complex narrative here. I'm gonna try to keep this in line. I'm not on mushrooms, so I think I'm going to be able to okay. uh, to deliver this timeline. That's this a story. pretty complicated story, so. <laughs> but it's a complicated yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, it's and it's been going on for a couple uh, about a month now. I've been meaning mm-hmm. to do it, but it's back in the news uh, recently mm-hmm. because this family was giving a mm-hmm. this woman and her husband was given a deadline mm-hmm. to uh, tell the whereabouts of her missing kids, and they passed the deadline mm-hmm. passed, which I find really funny that they're actually given a deadline. Is that something that, you know, white people are extended? You know, it's like, your kids are missing. They've been missing for a couple of months. It's very suspicious. You have a deadline. You have two months to give us information about that. Is that like a, a you know, like they extol white people, that opportunity? I, Cause well, I feel like they care about non-white children? I just feel like if a black, if a black kid okay. was missing, they'd be like, yeah, you're going to prison. You killed your kid. Like, I don't know if they'd give you, like, we're going to give you a deadline of two months to give us information about this. I'm not uh, going to wade into this maybe, intersectionality. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just going like, yeah. to nah, I'm not sure. I just feel, no. feel it's a weird courtesy mm. to give to someone whose kids mm. are missing under such suspicious mm. circumstances. And I'll uh, get into that right now. 
The slain husband of a woman whose two children are missing and the subjects of a nationwide mm. manhunt claims she believes she was a god and she threatened to kill him months before his death last year. This woman's name is Lori Vallow, and her two children, Joshua Vallow, seven years old, and Tightly Ryan, a girl named uh, 17, may have ties to two ongoing death investigations in Arizona, including the shooting and killing of her former husband, Charles Vallow, um, and the murder of, uh, of, uh, of her previous husband, or death of her previous husband. This woman's had two, two husbands die, mysteriously. Mm. Yet she hasn't been charged with anything, mm. and her kids have gone missing, and she still has not been arrested. This has been months. Mm. Her kids have been missing since September. That's what. That's all I'm saying is that she's a Mormon, and I think they're like, yeah, we'll 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 trust you for now, until it gets more evidence. But I guess they haven't well, found any bodies. Mormons do believe that you do become your uh, your own god of a planet eventually if you become when like death, right? Level fifty two. Yeah, you know. Uh, moon wizard or whatever at the temple. Do Scientologists think the same thing about that? Yeah, you go to the, the ghost volcano or something, right? Yeah, go, it's go. like a... Or no, it's like some kind of... I think you get your own planet, right? No, that's that's Mormonism. Oh, that's the Mormons. Okay, yeah, yeah, Scientology, yeah. it's like you go to Event Horizon or something, something with like Lawrence that. Fishburne. I don't know. Yeah. So divorce documents filed by uh, Charles Vallow, the uh, deceased husband, provide insight into Lori Vallow's apparent state of mind months before his death and her kid's disappearance. She thought she was a god. Uh, Charles claimed that Lori Vallow didn't want anything to do with him or their, uh, they had a special needs child, Joshua, here, because she had a more important mission to carry out. She said she was a god assigned to carry out the work of the 144,000 at Christ's second coming in July 2020. Are you aware of that event? Which, what is the event? I'm sorry. The, Christ's the, second coming in July 2020. And get, I guess there's going to be 144,000 people Shit, there. I forgot to get tickets for that. I know. Did you get tickets? No, it sold out, dude. Oh, shit. You can go to the resellers, but yeah. I don't, StubHub's like, I don't know. It's, it's hmm. like three times the original price, you know? Fuck that. Hmm. Um, she told Charles. He never plays the songs I like. No, you know, he doesn't. He never does. Yeah. He, yeah. Never, he never plays the yeah. hits. Mm. It's kind of like Prince. Uh, she told Charles that she would kill him if he got in her way. So she threatened to kill her husband if he got in her way, and that she had, quote, an angel there to help her dispose of the body. It was actually Michael Landon from High yeah. to Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Just comes out and it's like, I got the body for you. Don't worry. You keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was Michael Landon from Little House on the Prairie, I'd be even more confused. Yeah, that so, would be even weirder. Yeah. Do you ever watch that show, Highway to Heaven? Not really, no. I mean, I would see Wait a reruns. minute. I thought it was, what was touched by an angel. I don't know that one. Was that the Michael Landon one or was it Highway to Heaven? Is that the one where you molested kids? <laughs> yes, it was the angel. <laughs> no, Highway to Heaven was, yeah. it was kind of similar to the A-Team. You know how they had yeah. a lot of shows in the 80s and yeah. the Incredible Hulk where it's like yeah. a drifter would pass through a town yeah, sure. and then there'd be some kind of unjust activity or some kind of injustice and then yeah. he would use his angel power, powers to like kill the guy, the aggressors yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, it's like, I gotta go back mm -hmm. to heaven. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that was a popular show back then. Well, I mean, because, you know, I mean, angels fuck. Angels you know what I mean? do fuck. They, they, yeah, they, that's what they like to do. Oof. Get a lot of ass, those angels. Yeah, don't fuck an angel because you will give birth to a giant. Yeah, what are those called? Like the Nephilim? The Nephilim. The Nephilim, man. Yeah. So uh, she told Charles, they've gotten her way, she's going to kill him. So Charles is like, you know what? I'm going to take out an order of protection against my wife, hmm. which to me is a red flag. There's a lot of red flags with this marriage. He claimed that Lori Vallow had become infatuated 
and at times obsessive about near-death experiences and spiritual visions. Hmm. It's weird to be married to someone that all of a sudden they just start talking about their spiritual visions. Yeah. It's well, weird. Depends. He said he attempted to get her help, wanted to speak to a psychiatrist. She refused to visit the doctor because they would discover that she is a translated being. What the does fucking, that mean? What is that? I don't know. Oh, my God. She's a translated awesome. being. I think it's at that point I'm going to be like, I'm going to take the kids mm, and I'm going to yeah, be yeah. in the Best Western for a little while till I find a new house. But you're not allowed to see them anymore. In the theology of the LDS Church, translation refers to being physically changed by God from a mortal human being to an immortal human being. A translated being. A person, yeah, that's a translated being. Is Mitt Romney a translated being? I think so. <laughs> that's why he drinks all that milk. So, you know? do you wear the yeah. special underwear prior to translation or post-translation? Or do you just always wear it? Um, I think... The magic underwear. I think you always... I think Parley Pratt, who was his ancestor, was a translated being. A translated so being? He might be. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Uh -huh. Um, in the divorce, and this is this isn't like you, you know, he who believes in me will live forever in heaven. This is like he who believes in me will live forever, like walking the earth as a, with like powers, the right? Town of Saint Germain, or you know, just like you're fucking, you know, God, the wandering is, Jew is... <laughs> forever, walking around doing stuff. So, so in the in the divorce documents filed just shy of the couple's thirteenth wedding anniversary, so he was married to her for thirteen mm -hmm. years. And then she started getting cuckoo bananas. Yeah. That's a weird thing. I don't know what I would do about that. But imagine if you went to like divorce court and be like, well, she thinks she's a god and uh, she's threatening to kill me. I bet she'd be like, all right, maybe we should, you guys should be separated at least. Mm -hmm. uh, he petitioned for sole custody of Joshua because he didn't think that Lori Vallow was stable enough to make decisions. Um, he explained, uh, I, I guess he explained that uh, Joshua had autism spectrum disorder and ADHD and prefers a routine. Huh. So that's why he didn't think his wife, who thinks she's a god, would be able to take care of him. Um, five months after the divorce uh, proceedings began, Charles Vallow was shot to death in, uh, in his home. And police at the time said that Lori's brother, Alex oh, Cox, no. shot Charles. Yeah. Cox claimed that he shot Charles in self-defense because I guess he went there to go pick up the kids. He said Charles attacked him and that's why he shot him. But then what's odd about this, this is weird, Lori's brother that shot her husband, he died mm. just <clears throat> in December, like shortly afterwards. So here we go. We have Lori, who claims she's a god, her husband is trying to take her kids away. She gets her brother, or maybe not, but her brother ends up shooting her husband, killing him, and then her brother dies. It's weird. Oh. Yeah, so both Charles and Cox's death remain under investigation because they're like, that's weird. Wait, who killed them? I'm sorry. So her husband, Charles, yeah. he was threatening to get a divorce because he got he's shot. like, my wife's insane. Yeah. He got shot by her brother. Her brother, Alex. But then her brother died mysteriously like two months after he shot her mm. husband. Oh, yeah. So both both men are dead now. Loose ends. Which is weird. Yeah. And Charles is Lori's yeah. second husband to die in the past two years. Yeah. Her other husband, Joseph Ryan, died of an apparent heart attack in 2018. Yeah. So that's also weird. And then just even, I don't know if the angel took care of that one because that's how angels kill people, give you a heart attack. 
cholesterol. There's some fascinating shit about this translation, I'll tell you. Do you get it? What kind of powers do you get? Well, you can, once you get translated, you have the choice. It's like, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to be immortal on earth? And most people go to heaven. Apparently, John the, the Apostle and three unnamed Nephites decided to stay on earth because they were blessed never to taste of death, but ye shall live to behold all the doings of the Father unto the children of men until bloody, bloody blue. And then there was a lady, there was a lady, hello, uh, who um, she claimed that she had the spiritual eye to like, you know, go into heaven through meditation. She was a Mormon. <laughs> and uh, she was born in 1899. And she, she claimed that people thought she was immortal, like she had the actual translated being. And one day, like her, her and her husband just disappeared and there were clothes like in their house just on the floor. Like fucking, like fucking Luke Skywalker, you know, like a Jedi, like like when a Jedi becomes one with the Force. But then they found her living. Like, like she, he just, he like kind of, what's that called when you when you die and you just kind of evaporate into the Force? Isn't you, that what happened with like the, Obi? The reckoning Obi Wan, Rupadu. Yeah. yeah, it's what happened to Obi Wan and Luke Obi- Skywalker. And Skywalker, yeah, yeah. yeah, and Darth Vader. No, no, or not Darth Vader. No, no, no. not Darth Vader. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Kylo Ren. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one. Sure. But, um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but apparently, no, she was just like, I don't know, hiding in a different place. She went into hiding. So she wasn't, wow. uh, yeah. Translated The beings. rapture is what, when that happens to people. The rapture. Yeah. So just to make matters even weirder. So this woman's had two husbands mm. die. Her brother died who murdered her husband or shot her husband. Whether it's murder or not, the jury's out on that one. She married Chad Daybell. Weeks after the death of his wife, Tammy Daybell, hmm. who also, you know, she died of natural causes, according to uh, the initial investigation, but now they think it might be suspicious how she died. Now, Chad Daybell's an interesting guy. He's the leader of a doomsday cult, and he's a prolific author of a lot of Mormon books, but they're all hmm. apocalypse books. So this guy has written uh, just a number of just these bizarre books about... Let me see here. Get the name of the book here. Um, yeah, just a number of these like weird books. All like, Okay, here's one. Mm. It's called uh, Days of Fury, Evading Babylon's another one, and The Rise of Zion. They all focus on doomsday scenarios mm. and near-death situations. Mm. I always find that weird when you get these like Christian religious groups that are just so... They can't wait until yeah. the rapture comes. They love it. You know, yeah. that's like, that's, they're like, you know what? Mm. Fuck getting a real job. Yeah. You know, I'm going to sit here and sell like crocheted crosses on Etsy. Well, because they get to float up to heaven and look down on, you know, their neighbor and be like, nice try, Shlomo. Nice, yeah, nice try, Shlomo. Rotten hell. Yeah, yeah. Because so. I'm in heaven. This guy yeah. wrote a memoir called Living on the Edge of Heaven. Mm. And it catalogs what he says are his own near-death experiences. I think that was also a lover boy song. <laughs> so. Living on the Edge of Heaven. Yeah. So his near-death ex- experiences, he experienced one during a cliff-jumping incident when he was 17. And he also had a near-death death experience when he was hit by a wave in La Jolla Cove. I thought you were going to say whale. No, wave. Mm. His body was being tossed by the wave, and he said his spirit visited him. Uh, that was his grandfather who showed him future events involving his unborn children. And so he wrote a book about it. Yo. So Lori's like, you know what? I'm going to shack up with this guy. This guy's great. Hmm. His wife mysteriously dies. 
They're both in this doomsday cult. They actually met at a convention called Preparing People. Hmm. It's a convention to prepare people for the upcoming apocalypse. You gotta prepare. We should probably hit one of those. Be prepared. Yeah. We should go to that, Preparing People. I've been to the Mormon pageant. Oh. Let me tell you, it was, it was a game changer <laughs> for me. Yeah. Wow. Did you score? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with a, lovely, with a lovely Mennonite protester who looked like Veronica Mars. So yeah. Lori and her new husband, Chad, are wanted in questioning in connection with Joshua and Tylee's disappearances. Mm. Idaho police said that they believe she knows where they are, what happened to them, but the couple refuses to cooperate with police. Mm-hmm. They just won't do it. And so they won't arrest them. They're just like, okay, we'll, well you give shouldn't. you a deadline. You shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, but they refuse to even, like, look for the kids. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's like, those are your kids, mm. and they're missing, a 7-year-old and a 17-year-old, mm. but you're, you're like, I don't know. I got doomsday books to write. You right. don't even care about it. Yeah. So, uh, police spoke with Lori and Chad on November 26th while attempting a welfare check on, the, on Joshua, the kid with autism. And the couple told police that the boy was staying with a family friend in Arizona, mm. and they haven't seen him in a little while. The police discovered that wasn't true. Now they believe the kids' lives are in danger, probably dead at this point. Wow. But there's no updates on the Who case. Who killed them? The mother? No one knows. Oh, wow. And the mother and, uh, and, yeah. and the doomsday author is just like, we don't know. Damn. It's, but it's weird to me. That because is weird. That's why I'm saying- You'd think it'd be like, let's get the search party, right? Normally, well, like, let's get the guys. Instead, they're just like, okay, yeah. well, your kids are missing. Well, let's mm. give you a deadline. Let us know in a couple months what's going to happen here. Mm. I don't think they would extend that courtesy to most other people. I don't think they'd give it to me or you. Mm. I don't no. know. I think it's like some kind of weird white Mormon privilege thing going on here. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's what you do for translated beings, you know? Anyway, it's a weird story, and I'm interested to see how this one evolves. We'll yeah. find out. What do you have here for the second story? Well, the bridesmaid destroyed best friend's wedding and cost her 50,000 pounds and fake job scam. You know, at first I thought you were doing a Bill Cosby impression. Oh. Well, <laughs> it sounded like yeah. it at first. No, I was, yeah. no it's, you know. I was like, that, wow, this is going to be cool. I'm not that tasteless, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> the bridesmaid, you see. Uh, no, 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 no. Come on. Uh, a bride-to-be's best friend spun an elaborate web of lies that destroyed her dream wedding costing her 50,000 pounds and ruined Christmas for her children <laughs> you gotta do all wait this is his Check her out. bridesmaid yeah, so it's a, obviously yeah. a good friend of hers great friend wow yeah. great friend chief bridesmaid like Helen Dove 31 tricked Kimberly Baker 43 into believing she had landed her ideal job giving her a sham interview Sending her thousands of emails from colleagues and feeding her excuses whenever she questioned why her employment hadn't started yet. <laughs> so, Dove was jailed for two years and uh, eight months on Wednesday in Liverpool. So, her year long scheme, after her year long scheme, fell to pieces. After they met in January 2017, Dove learned how Ms. Baker from I don't even know, some stupid place, dreamed of a role helping vulnerable children and had completed social care qualifications in her spare time. The con woman later told her friend she had landed a role within Warrington Borough Council. Yeah, all the towns are like that. Yeah, and began arriving dressed in work clothes with a lanyard holding her work ID around her neck. So... 
So, so wait, 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 let me back up one second. Yeah. They were friends since 2017. Yeah. And why did she feel the need to like con her? Like, what, what is she going to get out of this? Money? Let's get into okay, that a okay. little later because right. that's, that's a whole thing that I have right. a, that really grinds my gears. Um, when Dove told Ms. Baker her department were hiring, she took voluntary redundancy and handed in an application. Um, so the inter- interviews got kept getting canceled. Ms. Baker was then informed she had to complete a set of interview questions over email. She completed the questions. And then she got an email confirming she got the job. The mom of three, who said her friend gave her a congratulations card when she got the role, said, I was made up, really. I was over the moon. I, it was something I had worked hard with behind the scenes when I was working. Over the next seven months, Dove sent Baker uh, thousands of emails from 15 fake colleagues that discussed her role and responsibilities and gave her administration tasks how, to complete. How much work? This is like such a troll that she put in all this, all this time and effort into doing this. Oh, yeah, man. Like, who would do this? This I, is bizarre to me. I know some people. You know? It's pathological. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So over this time period, she was not paid, and and she still had like tasks to complete. For apparently. seven months, she was working for free. Yeah. Getting like, like I think she was doing stuff occasionally. Yeah. I mean, it's all a hoax. These emails yeah. that she were getting. There's no job. There's no job. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So she was not paid. Uh, and her friend's cruel behavior saw her children suffer at Christmas. She had to postpone her wedding to her fiancé, uh, which was due to take place in June 2019. Whoops. Whenever the mum asked why her employment had not officially begun, Dove would give excuses, including computer system failures, introductory meetings with key figures being canceled, and bad weather. <laughs> yeah. but, okay, this woman's dim. She's dim. Yeah. Because if you if you went a month without getting paid, would you flip the fuck out? Yes. I would be I would be going directly to HR. She wasn't like, working full time. She was doing tasks here and there to like see if she could p- pass the mustard. Okay. All right. I would do that. Pass the mustard. Pass the mustard. Okay. After, yeah. after I would do that for like a month, and yeah. I'd be like, all right, where's my money? Maybe that's the Jew in me, but I would just I would yeah. not tolerate that for seven where's months. Where's the money? When are you going money? to get the money? Um, yeah, man. So um, she said she had no reason to believe her best friend was who she claimed to be. No reason not to believe. She, told, uh, she said, she was someone I was with 24-7 that did everything with me. She went on holiday with us, looked after the kids with me, took the kids to school. So I had no reason not to believe her. After more... Oh, wait, that's not her it's voice like a anymore. hand that rocks the cradle Sorry kind of that. situation. Yeah, after more than a half a year without pay, she confronted Dove over whether she truly worked for the council. You think she could just show up at the place and be like, hey, guys, do I work here? Yeah, would you? Yeah. Do, I mean, that's the thing. Mm. I would do that after a month. She went six months. I can, what did her fiancé think? Like, her fiancé is just like, oh, okay, mm. I'm sure you'll get the money soon. I don't know if this is like polite English people or just dim people in general. Right. Yeah, but eventually she did visit and found that... Oh, so she went She went to the employer. Yeah, found her that a friend didn't employer. actually work there. So that wow. was the thing that happened. Um, yeah, so this woman was heartbroken when she found she'd been scammed. She said it was like grieving for someone who is still alive. 
<laughs> this woman is so yeah. dim. Yeah. I, I almost think she might be part like partially rotundo. Because I mean, how would you how would you let this go on, this hoax for so well, long? This is like that old woman that called the sick and wrong hotline trying oh, to give her the, social, the, security. Yeah, social security. Yeah, but I can understand that. This how old is yeah. this lady though? Like thirty? She's younger than us, probably. Yeah. No, she's forty three. Oh, forty three, right. <clears throat> She's younger than me. Yeah. So yeah, she said, I couldn't believe someone could do something so cruel and see my kids suffer at Christmas because I had no money and watch my family go through everything that I did. She didn't have any heart or feelings. Uh, Dove was sentenced to two years and eight months. Counts of fraud, bloody blue. She must pay Ms. Baker 1,500 pounds. Well, 15 for that, for the unpaid tax. Compensation, yeah. Nice. All right. And not 1,500 pounds. Wait, how long? Wait, how, she was actually sent to do. She has to do time. Yeah, yeah. She's how going long? In jail for two years and eight months. That's crazy. I don't understand mm. British law because you'll have people murder people, rape people, assault people, and they'll get like, you get a month or you get six months and no crumpets. It's, mm. And then all of a sudden, this woman who just—it's an elaborate hoax. Don't get me wrong. Two years. This woman might have priors. Oh, that—that that could be. That could be. So, yeah, so she's and then the 10 year restraining order. Um, the judge said, uh, yeah, said the cost the mum around 50,000 pounds in lost wages. So, I don't know why the payment is only 1,500 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, although Dove made no financial gain from the fraud, the judge, the judge claimed he could not be sure she did not intend to cause financial loss to her victim. Right? I mean, yeah, so, I guess that, that, that makes sense. Zara Bakri, defending, said her client's motive was not to cause her victim financial loss, but a desperate and misguided attempt at keeping her friendship. Well, did she think that, the, that this woman was like, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore? She's a bridesmaid in her wedding. I, I'm, no. I'm wondering what her motivation was. Okay, all right, dude. There are people, right? You know how they're like pathological liars? yeah, yeah. I was friends with somebody like that, and it was like, I knew that a lot of the things she's saying to me weren't true, but it was like, I liked hanging out with her, and she was a fun person to hang out fun with, so, hang out with. And so I was like, well, whatever, and it, like, some things she said were true, but some things like were definitely not true, so I'm just like, okay, just, you can not, just, you know, be friends with this person, but just don't trust them, just, you know, remember Take not to trust them. everything a grain of salt. And then there was one day when she just called me and was like, you know... You know, you're like, oh my God, I'm in tr after I moved here, she was still in New York. She's like, I need money for rent and blah, blah, blah. So I loaned her some money, like two grand or something. I don't know. No, 1200 bucks. And, uh, and then it was like over the next year, she was like, I'm paying you back. I'm going to pay you back next week. And it kept be, and she'd be like, send a PayPal transfer of the money. But it was like a five day transfer that would cancel at the fourth day. And she'd always have like, and it was like, and I was said many times, like, just fucking, I want to just write this off and move on with my life. But she's like, no, no, I'm going to pay. And she does. It's like, a, it's like a weird, it's like a desire to control and pull I, the strings. I think that's what it that's is. That's what it is. It's like, yeah, and it's obsession you with know? control. I want to yeah. control this person, make this person dependent on me. Yeah, because it's like they, you know, the expectations are like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, had you written her off at this point? Because it's like you feel good when you tell somebody you're going to help them. Well, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but then, then some people are like, they live moment to moment, so they just never help anyone. But I think it's anyone. a power dynamic. It is, yeah. Really. But did you write her off at so. that point? After like two months of not getting your money back, um, 
After a year, I think I wrote After it After a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, I, I had this friend. Because was, there was always the chance that I might get my money back. You understand me? Yeah, but when There did was you, always that chance. But when did you realize, like, this is never going to happen? Uh, after a year, I gave up on it. I, remember, I had this friend named Kevin that I worked yeah. with. And this guy was a pretty good friend of mine. And I think he had a bit of an issue with some with the pills. Yeah. But anyway, I loaned him like $300, $200. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to get I'm get paid on Friday. I'll give it to you right back. Never got the money. And then it was like, it was weird. All of a sudden, he just would never call me. And we would never hang out. Because I think he was like, he just knew he was never going to pay me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was just like... At that point, I kind of accepted that I was never going to get paid. Yeah. But I thought it'd be funny to make it really awkward for him. Yeah. So when I would I would see him, I'd be like, "Oh, hey, Kevin, how's it going?" And you could just tell he was just like, "Oh God, now I got to deal with this." And then it would always be like the elephant in the room that yeah. he had to like. By the way, you know, I still got to. And then it was just like eventually he just stopped. Well, I just didn't really mm. see him. I think he just knew where I hung out and just would never come around to any of those bars or anything. I never got the money. The thing that annoys me care. about it, it's like, because it's like, I can understand scamming me, right? Confidence men, grifters, you know, that's a skill. That's an art. I can respect that. But the pointlessness of continually saying you're going to pay, that it's stringing fucking, you along. Oh, that's what gets me. That's what pisses yeah. me off. It just oof. this guy just yeah. avoided any kind so. of um, you know any kind of incident where he'd run into me. So yeah. Whatever. So um, Dove lacked her own domestic unit and craved that domestic closenesses, and wanted to help Ms. Baker, but had created a scheme that snowballed. That's what her defense attorney she, wait, said. Wait, she craved her own domestic unit. Do you think she was like a lesbian obsessed with this woman? What is like a domestic unit? What does that mean? Like, uh, you know, like her own domestic partner living at home with a, with a That's what they call that in the UK? I, I'm thinking that's what it means. She doesn't have any kind of domestic. She probably lives God, alone. what a bunch of fucking feelingless weirdos <laughs> they are over there. Sounds very Orwellian, Yeah, 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 yeah. A domestic unit for this citizen. Are you bringing your domestic unit to the party this weekend? <laughs> Number six. <laughs> Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so Judge Warnock. Klingon judge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, said he did not believe Dove was remorseful. Uh, he said, you went to extraordinary lengths to perpetrate this complex, cruel, and harmful deception. I do not have a clear understanding as to why you behaved in this way and for such a long period. You have no previous convictions. You're intelligent and have academic <laughs> That's what all English judges sound like. I don't know if, if, if people are aware I, of that. I originally... Yeah, that's what English judges I originally judges started up like. wanting to do that as the judge from the wall, but it turned into that. Yeah, right, I don't know so, what it is. Okay. Bring it back to Bill Cosby. <laughs> Your evidence before the court is incontrovertible. No, but, uh, yeah, uh... In the attempt to understand why you behaved in the way you did, the court has obtained a psychiatric report that you felt you wanted to help the victim and create a family for her. I simply do not accept that explanation, as it does not begin to address your actions after it became obvious what effect your lies and deception were having on your victim. I give you one month... Supervised home probation, madam, <laughs> and think about it for a while. Yeah, yeah that, that, I almost had an aneurysm just now doing that. Yeah, no, you you did it quite well. It's an yeah. exceptional delivery. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah, no, it is a weird thing. Mm. I don't understand what this this where this comes from, but mm. I think it's like a weird, unhealthy obsession with a friend. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. you know, well, you get a friend like that, you got to cut him off early. That's, That's right. what happens. That's weird. So single you, white female. That is some single white female action right there. But that being said, this kind of goes well right into segues perfectly into our Adam's Eve Adam and Eve Valentine's Day message. Oh. You know, because that's kind of like if you know if you're that obsessed with someone, you should probably buy them a dildo or a butt plug. Right. You know. Or if you're interested in watching Bridget Fonda duct tape to a chair, you know, <laughs> either one. So yeah, you know that's how it goes. Yep. Anyway, uh, people, send your stories. Take them on podcast gmail dot com. Uh, we do have some phone calls coming up next three two three five two two four zero three two. And as I mentioned before, it is Valentine's Day at adamandeve.com and we got a special uh, special promotion going on right now so uh, mm. let's let's play this ad free stuff is the best but free stuff that will ignite your valentine's day is even better check this out when you go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item you'll get it at 50% off that's amazing by itself but here's where they load on the free stuff when you enter my exclusive code at checkout diddle not only do you get 50% off the one item you'll also get 10 tantalizing free items first for your viewing pleasure six free movies next a free mystery pack that includes an item for him a special toy for her and something we know you'll both enjoy plus free shipping now that's a lot of free valentine stuff so head on over to adamandeve.com and be sure to use offer code diddle again that's d-i-d-d-l-e diddle because without it there will be no free valentine stuff that's diddle at adamandeve.com so you got a few phone calls to get to 323-522-4032 is that number uh the first call we have is from a listener who actually emailed this to us uh she's british Mm -hmm. very sexy voice she bought a book called the encyclopedia of sex and she wants to uh teach us a couple things okay all right hi it's ian harrison i'm dropping you a call as I've just picked up a book called The Encyclopedia of Unusual Sex Practices and I thought that might be quite Ah. interesting to have a flick through Um, so far I've only reached the letter O and I've found three while doing my bird watching I picked up a copy of Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus let me read you a a passage (laughs) Is this a uh, fucking Ray? I don't Ray? think it's the bird watcher lady. No? no okay. I think it's a different, I think it's a different person. I think I'm her name is Victoria. Watcher. Like Victoria, I think oh, is her name. She's okay. a new one. Right. But I gotta say, mm. I love the voice. It's a great voice. Yeah. Mm. Interesting entries. Um, so I'll give you these three. You know, she could read Mein Kampf and I'd have a bar. Yeah. At least yeah. a semi. There's a kind of a smoky peat. Yeah, there's something going on Scotch with that. kind of yeah. thing going on with the voice. Octulolinctus. Oculolinctus refers to the act of licking your partner's eyeball for sexual arousal. This seems to be rare, but there are several cases, including one reported of a female who, in order to orgasm, would have to lick the eyeball of her obliging male lover. 
You know who also likes to do that? Moths and butterflies. They look each they other's love, eyes? No, they love your sweet ocular juice. <laughs> so watch out for them. And butterflies? Don't go the into mo- a pupuseria. The Mothman. Uh, <laughs> like your mo- eyeball. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> your eyeball juices. <laughs> yeah, so. Caution. Oral herpes can be transferred to the eye. Yep. Lovely. Porous membrane. What What happens when you get eye herpes? You just get like Oh my God, the worst. Yeah. Oh God. You've had eye herpes? Oh yeah. How did you get eye herpes? No, I don't have eye herpes. (laughs) If I had eye herpes, I don't know, at least what, twice a year I'd have like eye shit. Is that what happens? You get like pink eye? Have you ever seen someone with herpes? I've seen people with herpes on their lips. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't think it's I've ever like, seen herpes on genitals, okay. but I've never seen it herpes looks in painful an eye. As fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't imagine. Like, if I, I feel like I always have something in my eye, like a grain of sand that's always there, and it just. But I think, yeah. like with with mouth herpes, you get like cold sores. But would yeah. you get like lesions on your eyeball or on your eyelids? I think so. Oh Jesus! Don't Christ. you ever look at skin diseases online? No, okay. I try not to. Delia. <laughs> Andontophilia refers to sexual arousal involving teeth. Marquis de Sade claimed that his works were based on the sex lives of others, many of which were documented. One of the sex acts he wrote of was tooth extraction. I've never found the dentist particularly sexy. Have you? No. Some people dentist. do. I don't. The dentist? No, my dad's a dentist. Nah, I've He's never been into definitely it. Definitely not. Although, when I was a kid, yeah. I remember the orthodontist we used to go to, Dr. Uh, his name's Dr. Massion. Mm. Looked like Ned Flanders, probably mm. dead now. But anyway, what was weird about it is that guy would only hire, like, booksome blonde hygienists. Really? Oh, you know, wow. Everybody <clears throat> talked about it. It's oh, like, man. oh, going to Dr. Massion's today. Yeah. It's like, because, dude, you'd have titties in your yeah, face. Yeah. So I was actually into that, even though it was a weird pain pleasure thing. Because mm. They did. Tor- they tortured you with those braces. They do. It was yeah. terrible. Here is a last one that is, um, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Ophysticism. 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 <laughs> my home and native <laughs> land. Ophysticism. Uh, <laughs> refers to people who use reptiles. Today, once find magazines. Coronavirus. That's how it happened. That's how it That's happened. How it happened. An ophysticist. Somebody fucking fucked a snake. Or, or shoved the snake up their ass yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Wuhan. Available of women who insert snakes or eels, tail first into their vaginas, and masturbate as the creature wiggles to get free. Hmm. Slow-moving snakes that don't bite are used for this form of sex. Ancient Roman women differed only in that they inserted the snake's head first. No! Ah. God, Hmm. the Romans, man. Caution. People can contract salmonella from amphibians and reptiles. Coronavirus. Mm. That would be an awkward trip to the doctor. Hi, I've got salmonella because I fucked a snake. Mm. Anyway, so there were three... I went down on a Komodo dragon. (laughs) I'm sorry. Entries. Um, If this is a fun segment, I may phone again. Um, Yes, I loved it. But... Keep it sick and keep it wrong. I give Seriously. it four and a half stars. Yeah, I think that mm. was uh, very entertaining yeah. and kind of somewhat arousing, except yeah. for the snake part. But you know that that is my theory with the coronavirus. 
It seems like all diseases and viruses that get started is from a human fucking some kind of weird animal. Yeah, yeah, that's what it you is. You know, like AIDS yeah. was like a green monkey. Mm. Was it a green monkey? It was a monkey. A macaque then, or something. Yeah, a macaque or know. something. And now yeah. it's like you got the coronavirus. What probably happened there was some weird strip club mm. in like southern China. Yeah. And they're just like, oh yeah, you know, 10 bucks and you can see a woman like fuck herself with a snake. Next thing you know, coronavirus. Maybe somebody fucked one of those flying dragons. Oh, that could yeah, happen. That, that maybe could, is what yeah, that could happen. So. There you go. Well, right. I appreciate that segment. Mm. Encyclopedia of Unusual Sex mm. by... I've got to come up with a name for her. Uh, I'm running Encyclopedia out of... Encyclopedia Sally. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got to be some uh, English-like uh, actress or something. How about... Who's the one from Harry Potter? What's her name? Emma Hermione. Georgia. Emma Roberts. Emma Jimbo. Emma Jorbo. Emma Shorbo. Jimbo. <laughs> You're like the Emma, worst person to ask about Emma this. Emma Morjimab. Emma Watson? Emma Watson, thank Emma you. Emma Watson. Yeah. That was Emma Watson teaching yeah. us about unusual sex practices. Yeah. I appreciate that. Ophisticism. Ophisticism. Maybe that's her name. Ophisticism. <laughs> All right, next Something. call we have here hmm. is, uh, remember that guy that called in about like, I like to gape my girlfriends, and then he talks about like her gaping anus. Oh, no, not the gaping guy. The gaping guy, yeah. Okay. But what's, oh, what's Psychopathia funny, Sexualis. That's her name. Psychopathia Sexualis. By Dr. Kraft Ebbing. That, yeah, that's I a like book. that. Psychopathia yeah. I'll probably never remember okay. it, but I like I'll, it. I'll it has a good it. ring to it. Yeah. Psychopathia Sexualis. Yep. All right, well, now we get into uh, the, the gape guy. All right. Hey, Harrison, my two favorite people. Um, this is the going for the gape guy or uh, Dr. Strange but with buttholes, I think is what y'all called me, something like that. Uh, we got to we got to yeah. remedy that. So I know I, I, that guy was calling in. I think he made some comment that like, what is he trying to open her anus to like another portal? And I think mm. I might have said he's like a Doctor Strange mm. of buttholes. We gotta give him a better name. Well, Colonel Angus. <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. We decided this, yeah. Turtle Angus. Yeah. So. All right, yeah, we're not going to call you going for the gape guy. We yeah. never said that. Yeah. And we also are not going to call you the Dr. Stranger Buttholes. Mm. Instead, your new name mm. is Colonel Angus. Or maybe it should be Colonel Anus. I kind of like Colonel Angus. It's but Colonel better. Anus, I guess, sounds good, too. Colonel yeah. Angus. Let's say let's Colonel go, Angus. Let's just go with that. All right, Colonel <laughs> okay. Angus. Yeah. Um, got another anal story for y'all. Sure. Uh, so I was talking to this girl. I met her on one of the online dating websites. I think it was like Plenty of Fish or some shit. I don't exactly remember. It doesn't really fucking matter. Can you imagine this guy's on Plenty of Fish? <laughs> the fuck kind of world is this? Oh, my God. But, um... There is no God. Damn, this, this girl was my dream girl. Fucking five foot tall, blonde, like a nice B cup. And that, like, you know how a girl's ass does that thing where it, like cups itself like when it meets her legs it kind of makes a C and it's just got that oh that perfect that what the perfect hell is he talking about? I have no idea what he's talking about <laughs> and you know when it's like when she bends over and it just like her ass becomes like a a portal where you can go and, and see the ascended masters of the hollow earth you know what I mean it's no a, a perfectly no, aligned gap between mm. her thighs mm. Mm. what are you talking about mm. a C cup in her Thigh, mm. but under butt. I don't even know what he's yeah. talking about. Butt cheek right there. That I want to just like stick my face between. Did you so are a I psychotic was, you know, man? I was trying to get with this girl, so we're, we're hanging out and we're 
getting down to the point where we're talking about what we like as far as sexual interest. Oh, great. I'm talking to her about how much I just love anal, how <laughs> I just think. This is actually a thing that can that can work sometimes, I feel like, on a, on an online date. But wait, is it like the first date you talk about this or the second date? Or do you talk it, about it while you're chatting? It depends. Maybe not the anal thing, but maybe just like, <laughs> I want to, you know put my whole head up your ass for seven hours or something a chick might be like piece. you know let's let's try that sure well I they, almost, might, they might be like sure i almost feel like that. it's probably better for you to kind yeah. of like flesh out those requirements mm -hmm. beforehand mm -hmm. because if you meet with definitely. her if you meet yeah. with her and then you start talking you're like oh my god i'm obsessed with anuses i just you know yeah. i just want to extend your anal cavity so i can yeah. see like you know the next black hole or whatever well, you know it's like because i know some women that like they don't they freak out they don't like to have sex until they're like have a boyfriend you know why would you date a girl Lenora's like that? like that oh my god yeah and it's like how do you know if you, they can you know why would you, you want to be there you know why would you want a significant other if you've never had sex with them yeah like you it's like getting married and being a virgin it's uh, like it yeah. makes no sense mm. anyway i do think it's kind of funny it's <clears> like <throat> first sex talk this guy's just like oh, i'm <clears throat> obsessed with anuses mm. it's like you think most women would be like all right that's weird Hmm. But maybe not. Maybe she's maybe into not. It. Maybe, maybe it's she's like, into it. I, I I think for some women it would be like a a slumming it evening of pleasure that would be fun for them, and then just like never that talk to this yeah. weirdo again, Probably. kind of thing. Anal is one of the best things sexually ever, and like to my fucking excitement, she felt very very much the same way. Wow. Some, sometimes you just want a sex idiot to eat out your asshole for like two hours. <laughs> Men and women alike, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. So, after a date or two, we end up taking it to the bedroom, and, uh, man, this is where it fucking goes sour. Ooh. She told Jesus. me to fucking bend over and pull my pants down and that she wanted to eat my ass, and I, I never had my ass. <laughs> you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so she was like, yeah. I want to eat your ass. Mm. Like she's she that you know that's a rarity, that's a rarity. That's, I, I mean that's amore right there. Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> I I haven't had that yeah. happen too many times. My God, I would that be like, shit is okay. rare as fuck. Yeah. yeah, all right. Eaten before I've never been rimmed at that point, um, but this girl was fucking hotter than pavement on a Florida afternoon in August. So I was just like, whatever, go for it. It's dirty down there. It's hairy. There's probably fucking dingleberries hanging off. But if that's what you want, baby girl, go for it. All right. Would you go take care of that before? You definitely got to go. Unless, I mean, unless she's like a fucking like full filthy freak. animal yeah. who wants, Philistine. you know, I wouldn't even become, I'd be like, yo, let me go home first take care of business or sweetheart. if we're at my you house know? i'd be like i'm gonna yeah. take a quick shower and then yeah, we can yeah. get down to business yeah, if yeah. that's what yeah. you're into because i'm not gonna like you yeah. know god i haven't showered in three days no you got to do an enema is what you want to do yeah and yeah, like take care the of deal. the whole business yeah, you everything. know it's like yeah god i don't, I mean, I don't know not, about that you don't want to you know you don't want to nobody know, you that's how you get parasites it's not good it's kind so. of but the thing is yeah. what i do like about porn mm. You know, at once, at one time, I feel like porn is kind of ruined sex for people because it's just so ubiquitous, and people are used to porn. But the other thing, it's broadened people's sexual horizons. That's right. So I'm sure this <clears throat> this girl probably watched a lot of <clears throat> Pornhub and been like, "I'm really into fucking ass eating." Yeah. And back when I was like, you know, I, back in my twenties, oh. I, I think it was extremely rare to find a girl <clears throat> that was like, "I'm gonna fucking eat the shit out of your ass." Yeah. 
I mean, I'd eat their ass. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, guys, it's different. But with women doing that, I think that's mm. one of the things about porn now. At the same time, porn is evil. Mm. It's corrupting the, the minds of the youth. All right. And I wasn't really enjoying it. I didn't really like it, but I let her go and I let her have her fucking fill of my asshole. What's funny about this is like, oh, the tables have turned on you. Yeah, yeah, Angus. yeah. <laughs> It's like a sitcom episode, you know? It's like Jack Tripper now yeah. is getting his ass eaten by Chrissy. Yeah. I don't like this. I th- yeah, I think this was literally an episode of Empty Nest, <laughs> where like the sleazy neighbor goes on a date with a chick and she turns out to be sleazier than he is. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, he was the guy who's on the Azuzu commercials. Oh, yeah, that Joe guy. Joe Azuzu. David Leisure. David Leisure! David Leisure. You know his I name. his name. I'm impressed. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so after that, I let her know that I wasn't really too into the ass eating. And after that, she just wasn't really about me. She she didn't want anything to do with her ass. It was all mine. And, she ain't you know, about it. I'm not that type of player, player. <laughs> Anyways, keep it sick. Keep it wrong. I know that one wasn't as good as the last one, but I hope you guys like it anyways. And, uh, yeah. No, that was that was definitely better than the last one. Yeah, so. thank you, Colonel yeah. Angus. I think yeah. that was better than. Uh, yeah, that had that had an arc. That had yeah, a story it had arc. A story. It, it was great. A, a denouement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I find it kind of funny how it's like. So they, they, I'm assuming after the acid they had regular sex. You think, or is that it? I'm gonna assume yes. You okay. never know. You never know. And then he's you know? like, because I've had situations where it's like. I'm not ready to fuck you yet, but we can both do oral on each other. And it's like, why? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I don't understand weird. your shit, but whatever. But I think it's kind of funny. So it's like, all right, they had sex and everything. And then like post coitus, they're sitting around. And he's yeah. like, and he gives her a Yelp review. Like, I felt like your uh, analingus was uh, yeah. subpar. I yeah. just wasn't really into it. And, uh, mm. you know, if your delivery didn't work out for me. Mm. And, and then uh, I didn't get to uh, return the favor. Mm. So I'm giving you two stars. Mm. And then she was like, fuck you. Mm. <laughs> that is weird, though. That is weird. Mm. You'd think a girl that was into eating a guy's ass would also be into having her ass eaten. You would think that. You would think that, yeah. Yeah, I've never encountered... Yeah, well, so, all right. Colonel Angus did not like the mm. tables being turned on him like that. So, all right, there oh. you go. Thank you for that one. Mm. Um, final call we have here is a two-parter oh. from none other than FM. FM... Mm. Uh, takes a special a special outing to Cirque du Soleil so happy about this yes I haven't yeah. listened to this one hmm. uh, uh, hello uh, this is uh, hello. FM again <laughs> uh, I was saying how like the last time I had gone I want to try and talk about going back and making a new message every time I go to a new place uh, the newest place that I had went to uh, for this call, hopefully, that would be interesting, is I went to see a Chinese circus act. Uh, it was cheap in a college, and it was called Cirque de May, I think, is the actual... Okay, I'm mistaken. I stand okay. corrected. All it's right. not Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. It's Cirque de May. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this doesn't end with him getting the coronavirus. Yeah, I don't know. The uh, way you say it. And it was for a mental health, uh, a mental health uh, charity event for a college. And 
there was a lot of wonderful individuals there, and ironically enough, a lot more of the older crowd. I spent some time uh, talking with a person who was an old... Sorry. <laughs> I spent some time talking to a person. At least I think it was a person. Shadow person. Yeah. Veteran eating sunflower seeds and had some language that wasn't of the most non-racist variety, but uh, <laughs> FN's one day he's gonna friends. grow up to he's gonna be like the next Garrison Keeler, you <laughs> yeah, know? I could see that. Who is a veteran? Uh, yes, he's a veteran that? eating sunflower seeds, and his remarks were not to go together of the non-racist variety. <laughs> It's going to be great. He was still fun to talk to, and he took some umbrage to a like a black power, like fist metal painting. But I guess I had uh, my bad moments too with that. <laughs> Wait, what was what was his bad moment regarding the black power painting? Yeah. But I covered it in red paint. I do I, uh, I yeah. do love the fact that FM finally gets out of the house, mm. goes to a social event, mm. and the first person he talks to is a racist veteran yeah. eating sunflower seeds. Oh. I think yeah, I might yeah. get along well with this person. Okay. Son, when I went to Vietnam, we fought side by side with the Negroes. And let me tell you, they weren't talking no no Huey Newton nonsense, right? We were just there with fucking Charlie watching the face of God as everything burned down around us like the fucking fires of hell. Yeah, and meanwhile, this... Spitting sunflower seeds all over the place. This guy's like a PTSD incident waiting to happen at a Chinese circus. Yeah. <laughs> Vietnam War veteran. Yeah. Anyway. Where are the Oriental clowns? Yeah. Huh? Because afterwards, uh, one of the acts of the circus which was kind of the, like, Cirque du Soleil, mm. which was really impeccable, was one of them was doing hat tricks, and they missed, and... They were shooting hockey goals? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like three hockey well, goals? Well, it's Pennsylvania. Without thinking, my brain immediately went to the idea of, oh, their family's going to go into the mines for missing the hat, which I immediately felt very bad for. But, I mean, that still happens in Pennsylvania, I feel like. <laughs> you, you know? The, you fuck up and you have to go back into the fucking burning Silent Hill coal mine or whatever, you know? They feed you, know? you the Tommyknockers. Yeah, so. In the end, though, that was all in my head and nothing came out. And we, I went by myself once again and had a wonderful moment doing that. You know, if you mm. did mention to your Vietnam War veteran buddy yeah. that little comment he probably would have understood it he would have loved it yeah yeah you guys probably would have been closer yeah. that since like uh like uh you had said before or, or both of you had said uh the town i live in is kind of the town you want to escape from hmm. so it's not really much to do so this circus thing was a very good uh way of getting out but another thing i did which was more fun was I was finally able to go to a city for the first time in my life 
But I need to actually, for the first time... He sounds like fucking Fievel from American Tale or something. Like, like, I was able to, you know, like... Or that guy from Fraggle Rock who travels around or whatever. It kind of reminds me of, uh, what was it, the uh, the Kimmy Schmidt... Did you see that Kimmy Schmidt uh, show? No, but I know of it. I'm familiar with it. It's like a person who was locked in a room from, like, (laughs) you know, birth roughly to, like, maybe age 25, and it's like, now you're free. And now he's finally, like, leaving the Mm. confines (laughs) of his home to go, like, see a Chinese circus into a city... Like why? How can? How would you never? I mean, you're not that far from Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay, whatever. Uh, uh some s- somewhere out there, uh, beneath the pale moonlight. Escaped, yeah. Mm. Casually make a part two, mm. because I really want to enjoy this. Because the second thing going to the city is the much bigger thing for me. I don't know if FM is capable of doing anything casually, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm, so. I'm very but eager to hear part two. I'm eager to hear yeah. the observations of being in a city. Hell yeah. This is me, uh, FM, uh, coming back for part two because I really wanted to try and get as uh, 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 much off my chest as possible. I went, I was saying before, I went to the Chinese uh, circus act and it was fun and a little inner racist and a little bit of outer racist to most people, but then after. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. his comment was that racist. Yeah, it's like you send back to the mines. It's yeah, like, what is, it's whatever. It's a, yeah, you know. maybe think about but it. What, he said a, a little inner and a little outer. Like were people in the audience being like, "Hey, China woman, are your vaginas really sideways?" Or like, what is going well, on? His Vietnam War buddy, okay, I'm yeah, sure, yeah. was yelling racial epithets. Yeah, okay. The words. The bigger thing is, I went to the big city for the first time. What city? I had decided to take an hour drive. This is fucking Fievel. Yeah. <laughs> what is the big city? Yeah, Philadelphia, an hour drive, New York okay. City, right, like right. where? And in the hour drive, make it to uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Never... That's the All big right, city. That's the big okay. city. Okay. All right. All right. Fair, enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I've never been in that town by myself besides a copious amount of uh, hospital trips or life flights because I had several times a month from my past help. I would be going to those hospitals. Did he say life lights? Like life or life lights, I think he said. I'm not life sure what that flights. means. Life flights. Or life lights. I don't Isn't know. the life lights like the E.T. like finger, <laughs> shining no finger idea. or whatever? Okay, all right. Hmm. Like, uh, like UPMC, to the point where I knew some of those doctors on a first name basis. What the hell but is wrong with I'm you, I'm being FM? able to drive there and not... I think I think he was I don't know fifty one fifty or something maybe. Oh, you think it was that? What did he say? UPMC or something? I'm not sure. I yeah, mean, yeah. he might have had health mm. issues. Wasn't he kind of a fat mm. kid? Uh, yeah, but he wasn't like fucking you know my six hundred pound life. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, so I don't my know. god, yeah. So okay, he drove that's there. Weird. Okay, yeah. he drove to the city by himself. This mm. is FM Unchained. Mm. See what happens. I mean, they might have just been like they took him there because they're like, I don't know what to do about my son. He's always looking through these papers. You mean he's like reading a book? Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with him. Well, it's... yeah. Braid, going into the city, I went on a secondary goal or a list, which was for me to have indulged. What do you think this is going to be? <laughs> His secondary goal. Which is to have a Charleston chew without crying. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder. I don't. I don't even. Know. I mean, I've never been able to eat a Charleston chew without crying. But you know, hey. All right. Food and also have non-perfectly frugal purchases and be able to buy what food? Wait, he wants to get like some. I don't know. Hold on. Let me like, get... yeah. Rewind yeah, that. Yeah, when yeah, you say yeah. urban food, yeah. or what do you say? On perfectly frugal purchases. Oh, wait, no, no. Have non and also have non perfectly dairy goal we're gonna list which was for me to have indulgent food indulgent and also have food non perfectly frugal purchases and be able to buy things He's gonna buy a flashlight without yeah. having to care that it's uh too expensive or that i'm not or i don't need it as much I normally buy things on places like eBay or uh, or like overstock stores. So the idea of uh, I went to uh, Trader Joe's and I was able to finally just pick out some a thousand day Gouda or like <laughs> a thousand day Gouda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing against the Trader I Joe's. I mean, to be fair, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess if you're out in the what wherever, you only got like, like a really Kroger shitty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I imagine that you probably don't have Trader Joe's. But I mean, Trader Joe's still, isn't that expensive. No, it's, it's pretty all, cheap. Yeah, it's actually yeah, not. Yeah. It's pretty the prices frugal. Prices are very reasonable. Yeah. But remember that thing you went to the Halloween festival and you bought like canned pumpkins and felt guilty about it or something. <laughs> so yeah, I could see. I was or, wondering. I'm, I'm hoping he like goes and buys some kind of like. You know, three piece suit or something. Yeah. Like he's in the city and <clears throat> he feels. I think he feels like he has to pay his parents back for every day of his childhood. Oh, you think that that's why he's, he's implied that? <laughs> and it's like, guess what? You didn't decide to fucking have you. You know, exactly. your parents like, might not have, but like, that's what happens. You have a kid, you got to fucking pay a bunch of money. My fault, you wear a condom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's like you don't know nobody's nothing. You know, I mean, maybe, I don't know, take care of your mother when she's fucking old or whatever. Well, but I think that, other that's than one that, of the things you have to do. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh, about it, though. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all you have to I mean, do. Yeah, you don't have to pay it back. Yeah. Unless you're still living in their house at mm. age 30, then you might want to offer a little bit of rent. Yeah, or unless you're like Takashi 69 yeah. and buy her a fucking, you know, house or something. Artisanal Norwegian crisp breads and, and the... Uh, Artisanal Norwegian crisp breads. <laughs> do they have that at Trader Joe's? I don't know. I guess so. Hmm. Idea of going to a Quaker Steak and Lube and just picking out. Excuse me? I did something about Quakers. Qu Quaker Steak and Lube. Did you say Quaker Steak and Lube? <laughs> That's what it sounded like to All me. Right. Getting a steak with some lube? <laughs> yeah, it's All like, right. look, you get your lube over here, you get your steaks get over your here. Steak. Quaker Steak and Lube was founded by <laughs> Joachim von Arfendum, the Quaker minister. All right. Fond of and Steak and Lube. Care. And it just makes me so excited that I, 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 I'm the opposite. <laughs> Can't even get the words out. Could you, you know, imagine if this guy was in like Brooklyn or something? He'd be like, I can get artisanal pickles with cumin. What, he would like lose his shit. What's funny if he to lived me, in like a, you know. I remember the first time I was ever in a huge city by myself. It was yeah. New York. Mm. I think I was 18 is when my friend Kessler mm. went to school there mm. at NYU. First thing I did was I went yeah. and bought a bong. Then we got some cocaine, and then we yeah. got some weed. And I was like, "This is the best place ever." Yeah. FM just is yeah. like, 
I'm in Pittsburgh and I'm yeah. going to go to a Trader Joe's and this is amazing. I wish I could. Ha- yeah. I wish I could be that excited about that. I mean, it's a sli- be careful. It's a slippery slope. It is a slippery you know, slope. Next yeah. thing you know, you're like, you know, I don't know, mainlining like fucking yeah. thousand year old cheddar or whatever. Yeah. You know, Watch you out. never know. My yeah. God. So I just imagine walking the city streets with like. Everybody's talking at me, <laughs> playing in the background. <laughs> Not on here what they're saying. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. eating like chocolate-covered espresso beans. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's actually. But it's giving me this mania that I want to keep trying to get more goals to the point where I actually have a solid one. Uh, since the Halloween, uh, it's the Halloween, huh, is coming up, I want to oh, try and go alone to one of the, like, Scarefest for the first time. This is the yeah, wow. Is, he went to this before he went to Scarefest. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I forgot I had this. I, yeah. It was in a different folder. I was like, yeah. oh shit, I forgot to play this one. I went to a Scarefest and I met a a very nice wolf man, <laughs> uh, but he was kind of racist. I'm and not only go uh, to the carnival with a little like haunted uh, house attraction, but also try <laughs> indulgent fair food like deep fried butter or. Uh, Deep fried Oreos. It's just so- deep fried butter. Deep fried butter. I think he was captive in his parents. Like his parents made some kind of makeshift prison yeah. in the cellar, and that's where FM's been living. I ima- Yeah, I imagine him like uh, you know, like the beginning of Buffalo '66 or something. Yeah, thing, like the, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Some food that's just completely bad for me. Yeah, and those are going to be my two goals. And I figured if I say Ride that rocket, it, I'll force FM. myself to do it. So thank you. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. And I'll come back with either my victory or something else. Thank you. <laughs> something else oh, entirely. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Somebody on the, on the YouTube chat says, uh, definitely a character, not a legit person. What? They're still questioning the legitimacy. Even after we spoke to FM on the Christmas show. You know, if he turned out to be a character... That would be it for me. You think I would not done? only quit the show, I would jump off that Pasadena bridge. Well, I remember. If I you, would be. I, I wouldn't be able to go on with my you, life. You take these things to heart. I do. When Quigley finally yeah. came out as like a, a, a trickster, yeah. a Loki type character, yeah. you were crust. You were crestfallen. It, yeah. it, it hit you hard. I'm used to it. Uh, right one now. of these days. You know, I His second guess everyone. Well, I second guess everyone, but yeah. FM, we spoke to that guy on the phone. Yeah. I mean, unless he was able to carry on that character, mm. I'd be amazed. I would be amazed. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm. I don't know. But yeah. maybe you should listen to that episode there. I'm a believer. Cynical YouTube person. Daydream believer. Yeah, yeah. daydream. But, well, well, congratulations yeah. there, FM, yeah. for venturing out of the house. What else yeah. did you do in the city? Did you go hit up a strip club? Did you go yeah. to like a bar? Did you go get uh, I, mean, yeah. I could see him going in there and be like, I'll have a vodka gimlet. Yeah. You no, know, he would probably he'd probably get like a yeah. like a Shirley Temple or something. Yeah. It's like I didn't want to go to an alcoholic drink yeah. just yet. <laughs> Maybe my third time in the city. Yeah. In the big city of yeah. Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know I, th- I think it's good that he's getting out of the house it is good yeah it is good um, and then yeah the Scarefest call uh, you played a couple months ago but that was a great call yeah when he went to it that. was so thank you there FM right. for uh, giving wow. this call it's good to hear from mm-hmm. you people can call Sigur hotline 323-522-4032 um, I wanted to get I wanted to promote something real quick the discord mm. 
the Discord. Harrison set up a Discord. Yeah. And uh, we're going to connect it to Patreon, where you could just kind of, if you sign up for a Patreon account, you're going to be mm. able to access the Discord. I don't yeah. know if we've done that yet, did we? Um, no, I have not done that. All right, yet. That's not what we're well, going to be doing. Yeah. Um, so right now, anyone can go on. Yeah. But I'm but you don't, you don't have to pay money yeah. even. We're just going to say, uh, if you just make a Patreon account, you mm. can access the Discord. And I will say, it's a, it's been uh, it, it's I've been enjoying it. You know, unlike say Facebook, right, which I don't enjoy awful. at all. Um, I enjoy because you know, like sometimes people call in or they write in or whatever, and they're like, "Harrison, don't kill yourself. We need you, whatever." And whenever that happens, I'm always like, in my mind, I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, that I was about to kill myself after, but now I'm not going to do it because Sticky Pete from Manchester says I'm cushy, yeah. you know? <laughs> but then I was thinking the other day, like, actually, that would be a thing that gives me pause, that there are these group of fucking misfits that will listen to me. It's a source of comfort. Oh, it think, is a source of something. Some people would be like rather yeah. bummed if you ever like finally snuffed it. Hashtag gratitude. Yeah, you know it's the only time you'll ever hear me say that. Hashtag yeah. gratitude. So, there. There you go. Yeah. Wow, that was like a, a moment of compassion there yeah. from Harrison. <clears throat> Don't expect more. Yeah, but what what I kind of like about it, it it harkens back to the old days of the Sick and Wrong Forum, where like I mean half half of the people on Discord are women, which is cool. Yeah, like the original Sick and Wrong Forum that started like years ago now. Um, that was like half the audience was women and half of them were men, and it was like a place where where you could get like you know memes that were a little mm. too risque to poke on uh, mm. or post on Facebook. And then people just kind of chatting back and forth. And like, you know, we sometimes go, I'm, I'm pretty bad at, at going on forums. Mm. I'm going to make an effort to go on to uh, Discord. But Harrison's on it like multiple times a day. And so you, during the week. Yeah, during the week, interacting with people. Mm. So go check it out. The Sick and Wrong Discord. I'm going to put a link up to it on the main page. We'll also be able to, you'll also be able to access it via Patreon. Mm. Uh, I'm also actually speaking of Patreon. Uh, we do appreciate people uh, supporting us on Patreon. Yes. Uh, we are producing a lot of content. You get the outtakes, show outtakes, where Harrison and I shoot the shit about a lot of random topics. Um, you get an extra uh, story. Mm. This, this week we did a story about a serial pooper. And you get the extra phone calls. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. We had a good one. This, uh, this guy, this Lyft driver called in about... A, yeah. He got cum wadded. He did. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. That was a weird one. Anyway, just go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Sign up today. We do appreciate it. Uh, you know, one of our most avid patrons that uh, that, mm. that engages a lot of people, comments, calls in all the time, Schlitzy, mm. good old Schlitzy, he gave us a gift, and Harrison actually bought it today. Oh, God. This is Schlitzy's Her- <laughs> gift that he gave us. For, is this for uh, mm. uh, the holidays? No, I want you to be careful here because you don't want to be like... I feel like this is one of those situations where it's like, I'm gonna hurt. Look his what I made you, Daddy! And then you're like, Yeah, that's great. You know what? They'll put it up on the fucking fridge, and then later he kills like 30 people. All right, so let's all keep right. that in mind. I will. Uh, right. I'll keep an open yeah. mind about this. So here's this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There you go. This yeah. is weird. And here's this. This is really weird. Yeah. So. So. It's it's hard. I mean, you can see it here on the. Uh, did he make move you the it, same move thing? It this way or yeah. He make you the same he thing. He did make me the same thing. Yeah. So I let you, that one's original. I let you have that one because that yeah. Wow. That's some kind of a standing. So looking uh, at it made me kind of nauseous. Thank so you, Slitzy. I, yeah. I do appreciate this. Uh-huh. Mm. It's kind of. Uh, it looks like. 
like a vagina, Mickey Mouse kind of vagina. Uh-huh. Maybe not. But is a vagina maybe? Is that what it this is? It is, I believe. A standing... Being staked? By, no, no it's, it's a, a penis. Yeah, yeah. It's a penis. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not quite sure what material this yeah. is. Is it like shrinky dink? I don't know. Is it like some kind of plastic polymer? But he like melted it down and... Mm. He made like an eye mm. pentagram sick and wrong. You know, somebody went to Hobby Lobby. Yeah, no, this, mm. this, uh, yeah, Joanne's fabrics must have must have helped mm. you out with this there. I actually like mine. I, I put it on my desk and uh, yeah, I kind of like. I it. don't I'm, have any sick and wrong stuff like that. I might so. keep it. You know, it's been a while mm. since I've had a fan make us anything like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So. You, you know that that weird that sick and wrong menorah that the guy made. Yeah, out that's of the dope. I that say. was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so. that, and he no. like had it specially made. Mm. Whereas this, you know, Schlitzie made himself. I mean. Yeah, it do, it does kind of remind me of something that uh, you know the special kids would make in class. <laughs> but I mean that's good. That's yes. good because Slitzy is special. He's special is. to me. Very special. And uh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep this on my desk. Yeah, I like it. All right. You know, I thought at first it was gonna be something he made with his own fluids right. and like his own mm. you know pieces of his body and hair. Mm. But which is how you kind of made me think it was. But this is like different. Mm. This is definitely something he made with plastic, and you know. Yeah. I guess it's good that he's sober mm. so he can be crafty. Mm. <laughs> Thank mm. you, Schlitzie. I appreciate it. Um, you didn't give him my address, did you? <laughs> no. Okay, all right. Good. All right, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on here. Uh, uh, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. Mm. Actually, this Sick and Wrong Song of the Week is a thematic song. Mm. We're trying to find something that kind of goes with the whole cryptid mm. monster type of theme. And so Harrison picked this song by Marlon Wallace called The Abominable Snow Creature. Yeah. Uh, this guy's an outsider musician, right? He is, yeah. He's like a Appalachian weirdo who does, he does like, you know, folk, folk stuff. And he also does like weird synthesizer music where he was like, I'm going to sing a song about Alexander the Great or vampires or the moon or aliens, you know, and he's yeah, awesome. It's, it's pretty cool. This song is pretty great. It's mm. going to be, uh, it's very catchy too. It's mm. going to be stuck in your head for a while. So I'm going to end the show here with Marlon Wallace's Abominable Snow Creature. I'd like to thank Jason Offit for uh, being on the show, chatting mm. with us. Um, that guy is pretty cool. I'm going to definitely check out his book, yes. Chasing American Monsters. Mm. Uh, people, we'll be back next week with episode 725. Till then, take us easy. Mm-hmm. Away up high in the wind and cold of the Himalayan snows, there's a creature there I can't forget no matter where I go. I was a mountain climber many years ago, and there wasn't a place I wouldn't go. But when I saw that strange creature in the snow, it made my blood run cold. Abominable snow creature. Snow, abominable snow creature, you'll haunt me wherever I go. It stood upright like a giant man, and it had a long white mane. It had red eyes and pointed ears, and great long sharp fangs. I was heading up towards a mountain peak. When I saw it coming my way I grabbed a rope And I started to go Then I felt that mountain sway He hit me hard with a fist of steel And I went a-rolling in the snow And I didn't stop till I hit a rock A thousand feet below 
no creature hiding in the snow. Abominable snow creature, you'll haunt me wherever I go. Now I'll never climb another mountain, and I'm going to watch where I go. Cause I'll never know when I'm going to meet that strange creature of the snow. Away up high on a windy ridge where a mountain goat wouldn't go. I saw that strange creature in the snow, that strange creature in the snow. Abominable snow creature hiding in the snow. Abominable snow creature, you'll haunt me wherever I go. It kept swimming around me. It rubbed up against my leg. So I, I, I just stopped and I pretended like I wasn't moving. That's when it rubbed up, went down, kept going around me. It rubbed up against I, your leg? Up, up against my leg. It touched you? It touched me. That's how I knew it was scary. Scary? With scales, because I felt the scales, and plus I seen the face.